Welcome to the Plastic Pleasing Store Podcast. We are your hosts, Trey the Explainer. And me, Miles Grab. A podcast about the natural world. Things that people claim are part of the natural world. And things that used to be. Trey, do, do you remember um, some of those early videos on YouTube where you just see like some super grainy thing and like something like kind of moves a little bit to the left or like maybe there's a flash of light? They're like, look, that's an eye. Yes, yes, I love those videos. I, I know, um, like, have you seen the Argentina gnome video? I, I, I a, haven't, but I hope to soon. That's a classic. It's <laughs> a classic one. It says like, uh, there, there. It's an Argentina. They see across the street, and there's like a garden gnome, a little garden gnome on the other side. They see he's in silhouette. He's like all blurry. And he starts walking, and then and then the video ends because it's like four seconds long. <laughs> I think the best of these videos is probably the Fresno Walker video. Oh yeah, and of course there's the mammoth in Siberia. Uh, oh, the one it's in the it's in the river, right? Yeah, the river mammoth. Yeah. Oh my gosh! What else? Steals of these and make great thumbnails. You know. I'm trying to think what other one. There's like you're right that there was a whole like period of of internet history where there were like thousands of these and they're all kind of memorable. Yeah, because we used to have those books, right? The Osborne books with like. Of cryptids and UFOs and stuff with the big colorful illustrations, but the next generation they got these YouTube videos and these bad images that went around with copy pastas, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm here to tell you, Trey, that even if you become the president of an esteemed country like Mexico, you can still love this stuff. You don't have to give it up. Really? Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah, because great. Uh, AMLO, uh, as they call him down there, the president of Mexico. Um, he recently shared one of these images. Um, it, it's a little elf-looking dude, black and white, in a tree. Um, if you haven't seen this image, you can easily look it up while listening. It is um, apparently an elouche, a elvish, bright leprechaun-type creature that's common in Maya um, mythology and folklore. And he's just hiding up there in the tree. Uh, are you looking at this picture right now, Trey? What do you think of it? I'm looking at how did he share? He shared it on his his Twitter oh, account. He, like he Trump? presidents of major countries just tweet stuff now. <laughs> I don't like that. Yeah, I, I kind of don't like that. It's a thing. Yeah, um, basically they just like sit around and shit post. That's what that's what our leaders do <laughs> now in the world. So. Uh, I'm looking at it. It's it's how do you get uh, photos this blurry in in 2023? <laughs> Well, um, mystical thing, mystical things are hard to get in focus, you know. So. Oh, uh, I'm seeing it. It look, it looks like he's wearing a hood and he's got glowing yellow eyes. He's in a he tree. He looks a little like the Flatwood Monster, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does. And I, I might say it is the Flatwood Monster, and we should really look into this. <laughs> he um, fled West Virginia. He was like, I gotta get out of here. Yeah. So, so the president wrote, uh, "I shared two photos of." Of our supervisor of the Mayan train works, one taken by an engineer three days ago, apparently, of this creature. Um, I will point out that uh, this video, uh, or sorry, this image appears to have shown up in uh, 2021. So it's, <laughs> it's a year, year plus old. Um, so I don't think this three days ago part of the story is correct, unless um, the exact same photo was taken again. Which that would be interesting because then we were getting repeat sightings in the same spot with the same camera, so that's kind of cool. That makes it more testable. So I'm looking at the tweet and it has that context that it could like fact check thing. Yeah, over there it says yeah, yeah. It's at least two years old. Yeah, that is a 
That's quite a killer right there. Uh, so, so he said it's the uh, supervisor of the supervision, the Mayan train works. So it's, yeah. it's supposedly from like a, a, a train supervisor. So, so like, what what is this thing? Well, it, it looks like it's like more of a cryptid now that we're taking pictures of it in modern times. But, but actually, it's a creature that dates back in, in Maya culture quite a ways. Um, they are actually extremely similar to a lot of Celtic legends, like like leprechauns and stuff. Um, and I'm not the only person to notice the similarity. Even some of the uh, Mexican sources that I, I was reading today, they point this out as well. Um, a few even had like interesting theories about how that happened and maybe there's some, some cross-pollinization there but mm. uh, I, I have no idea if that's true it seemed like a speculation on their point but they are pretty similar to a lot of catholic uh, sorry a lot of celtic traditions um basically these guys right they're called the alush um or the uh, chakaniqua um which is what a different um ethnic group calls them down there but i don't know how to pronounce that right i i listened to it three times so forgive me but so we'll just go with the alush um, they're small forest spirit, like little creatures. They're about knee high, right? Um, so like they're, they're kind of like a pixie or a sprite. They normally can't be seen unless they have a good cause to speak to humans or they're tasked by humans in some way. And Interesting. yeah, you're also, you'll often see them like, you know, hiding behind rocks or like just behind vegetation and stuff like that. And, um, this tradition mainly comes from the Yucatan Peninsula. Um, mm. So it, it is said that these things can be created, right? So you get a Maya shaman or a priest, and they have a special ritual, and they like have one of them carved out of clay. We have some of these like carvings, by the way, traditionally. I guess they're ones that they didn't turn into real creatures that are left over. Um, but we have depictions of them. Um, you, you get one of these made out of clay, you do a ceremony over it, and then you can take it somewhere, and you can make it like protect your land. And and you can set up a system where it like protects your land for seven years. Hmm. Yeah. And and after specifically that, seven years, and then yeah, seven years, and after that, you're supposed to let it go. Um, but if and and they'll do things like protect your your land from like poachers. Um, one one rural uh, Maya man uh, who was interviewed said that like if if someone tries to take a deer or some of your crops, the creature will give people a headache or give them diarrhea. Um, so oh. basically, yeah, it's basically, oh, hey. <laughs> yeah, basically puts little hex on people, you know. So interesting. So it's like it sounds like it's like a golem a little bit. Like it is, it is a little bit like a golem, but there's kind of they're also kind of like like nymphs or or sprites, you know, like huh. of the land. Um, and the the rural farmer who was interviewed also mentioned, you know, if you're done with it guarding your land, if you don't want it there, you can go kill the thing. And and he oh. recommends the best. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why he's talking about this. Really, I was like, well, why do you want to do that? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. But he he's had cause to kill them before, and this is what he said. I'm not saying this. He said, um, you can get some flour, specific flour, mix it with honey, and give it a drink, and it will give the little creature diarrhea. A lot of this is diarrhea related. Apparently, is it diarrhea related? I'm not making this up. <laughs> and uh, you can All follow right. the diarrhea trail. Because otherwise they might be invisible, and then you can knock it out and hit it with a rock. Wow! So yeah, um, and oh, uh, one way to talk to them or to like um, make peace with them is you make this cornmeal type of drink and you put it out in three separate bowls as an offering, and um, 
yeah, the Alush. Um, they're also prone to wood knocking and throwing rocks. Uh, the Bigfoot people will love that. Yeah, I thought the wood knocking was interesting because the, the Sasquatch phenomenon is they're said to have wood knock and they record all these wood knocks all the time. So. There's there's a Mexican Sasquatch right there. That's a subspecies, Miles. That's a yeah. a, a little subspecies of, of the Texas Bigfoot. Littlefoots. Littlefoots. But that's copyrighted because of uh, Land Before Time, so I don't know. Really? Seriously? Oh, shoot. Come, Sarah. Three horns never play with long necks. Littlefoot. Three horns never play with long necks. Yeah. Um, also, um, belief in these creatures to some extent um, is still present in Mexico over the past several decades. Um, there was an important bridge that was to be built over a, a popular highway, and this connects like a major tourist um, airport. So it's an important bridge. It kept messing up and having problems, right? Mm-hmm. And then one um, one priest was like, "Yo, that's because your Alush are mad. You haven't asked them to protect this land. You know, you haven't asked them to build their land. They're protecting it. So they went and built like a little Alush home to like appease the mm-hmm. guy." And okay. I assume gave him some of this this corn drink. It wasn't in the story, but I'm just going to assume because he's, he's probably thirsty. And um, yeah, then they built the bridge and it worked just fine. All right. Um, it's kind of, So it's like the reverse Mothman almost, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, then there was a giant Elton John concert near some of the more impressive <laughs> um, Maya relics and like their temples and stuff, you know? Like, and, are you um, serious? Like an actual Elton yes. John? Like legit? A glorious city was built by the divinities by God. They built a really <laughs> fancy big stage there, and they had it collapse. And then a, a lot of people um, on social media and even newspapers are talking about how the Elouche did this because they were not appeased beforehand. And so other shows, other concerts for big artists that have built stages in that area have hired these Maya priests um, to, you know, appease the Alush beforehand. I'm looking. Uh, yeah, I'm seeing it. They literally like there's little Alush like pyramid and houses built under yeah. highways. to Yeah, they built the little shrines. Mm-hmm. And um, there, there's been some like bus fires and stuff, you know, where, like public buses catch on fire, break at really untimely um, moments. And those have been blamed on the Aleush by um, newspapers um, since the 70s. There, there's a lot of articles about this. Um, so they're like gremlins, of, too. Yeah, it reminds me of gremlins, which, um, aside from being uh, a fantastic uh, duolo- duology um, that really needs a third movie, uh, were creatures that World War II uh, uh, fighter pilots and stuff thought were messing up with their planes and tanks. Right. They're getting <laughs> the machine. Yeah. That's interesting. Whoa. Obviously, this the some people actually believe in these creatures. Um, my, I asked my buddy who lives in Mexico about it, and he's like, people down here will believe anything, man. So that's what he told me. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I don't I've never been to Mexico myself, but uh yeah, he, he was not surprised about the tweet. Um he, he personally said like uh he knows that his family voted for this man and he, he's like a moderate liberal and he has some policies they like and some they don't. Uh, I, I don't know if the guy is as crazy as some other world leaders famous for their tweets, but it, <laughs> it, it is definitely interesting to see a a world leader of a very prominent country um, tweet these kind of like, you know, 
mid aughts kind of cryptid photos, right? Yeah, I, I just saw it's just like so random, like for like a, a president, like a world leader, just to do that. Like if 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 Joe Biden just posted a picture of a of a Sasquatch or something. We did have Jimmy like, Carter say he saw a UFO. A young politician is leaving a fundraising event in Georgia when he spots a large, eerie object glowing in the evening sky. When he looks up in the sky and he sees an object, it's an object that is big. It's bigger than the moon. And he thinks to himself, that's the darndest thing I ever saw. There is no reasonable explanation for the strange object he is seeing in the sky. It truly is something he can't identify. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, I, did say I, that. I asked my buddy, not that this is like the only source or he knows everything Mexican politics, but I, I mentioned it. Is this like a political motivated? Is like, is this a symbol of any like group? Does this mean anything like ethnically and politically? And he said, not really. There's, there's just, you know, a lot of people, some normally more rural who actually do believe in these and, Sometimes it's just kind of part of the culture and fun to some people, but there are people that do believe in these things. And he, he thinks that the Mexican president is tweeting it because he, you know, was like, whoa, look at this. Like, like a 12 year old. I like that. I like that. I, I, I would vote for this, this uh, president just based on this alone. <laughs> well, you know, like, I'm a one issue voter. <laughs> How much cryptid shit posting do you do? Like I relate to this. Like, if a oh, world yeah. leader believes, like, is is having a fun time with blurry cryptid photos, I'm like, I I get you. I I feel that it's just <laughs> such a bad fo- like bit of forget kissing too. babies. Forget politicians yeah, yeah. kissing babies. Let's do just post like weird like Jake the Alligator Man pictures and stuff like that. <laughs> in, in other cryptid news, um, famous uh, cryptid debunker Joe Nickel who's also been on uh, Monster Quest a few times, recently went on the popular crypto show Monster Talk and debuted his findings about the Dover Demon, um, which oh. he's been working on for quite a while. And can you guess what his findings on the Dover Demon were? I'm assuming it's an owl. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, it was an owl. And um, ironically, when I look at this, I'm like, if that is anything, I bet you it is an owl when I look at the Solution photo. <laughs> yeah, let me see the photo. It does look like an owl or like... They have monkeys and stuff. It could be like a monkey. Could be nothing, man. Could like, be it could be or it could just be like a edited photo like like some of those yeah. people on Twitter make of where they just like draw like a creature in it. You actually think people would do that? Maybe. They just go Maybe. on the internet and make stuff up. Uh I don't know. That's a little it is a little unrealistic, I know. Right. <laughs> this has makes me wonder, like, so there's people that believe in like old traditional like Maya spirits and stuff. Yeah. Um, the Aztecs like had a, had a, a cryptid, like, I guess it's a, like a cryptid. It's more like a fantasy creature. It was like the night Walker or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it sounds metal as hell. It's like a 10 foot tall headless, uh, like naked man with a, his like rib cage split open. Like, like the thing oh, it walks damn. around at night. I think it's called like the night Walker or the night demon or something like that. Oh, so I I kill it. <laughs> Let's take a look at the last one, everybody. Nightman. Don't know what that is. Just don't know what it is. What is happening? Pretty strange answers today. I, I wonder if there's people that, that believe in it, like like as a real creature. 
Nightwalker? Yeah, I don't know. And like, it, it's important to say that um, oftentimes, especially in the West, we talk about the Mayans as a completely gone civilization, but the Maya people are still there and they still have their own culture and tradition. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that, that's crazy. That's, that's a crazy story. That's just, and he just did it unannounced. Like he was just like, yeah, as far oh, as I can this. tell. And, um, you know, I, I am reading some of the sites on Google translate cause they're in Spanish. Um, but as far as I can tell, nothing prompted this and it's not connected to any particular <laughs> political movement. It's just basically this guy's like, wow, we did it. We got to capture this. We got a picture of this dude. And he's like, check it out, everyone. Like it didn't fit <laughs> it at all. So yeah, like his advisors didn't stop him or anything like that. So yeah, um, that happened. Here's the here's the spooky Aztec creature right here. Let me look. Let me look. Oh, Trey, don't show me that weird. Look at that guy. That guy's like, <laughs> nope. That guy's running away. He's like, holy shit! Uh, scary little monster man. Fighter of the night, man. I, th- I think it's like I, I have to look more into it. Like I think the reason his like rib cage is open is because like his heart was taken out or. Something like God, that. I need to look more. I hate, it. I hate it when that happens, man. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's the. So I wonder. I, I want to hear more about like Mexican cryptids. I should ask Raphael next time I talk to him. Yeah, it, it was it'd fun. be nice to get somebody who understands that culture a bit because I obviously, you know, I'm doing my best, but I, I'm an outsider to this stuff, so I might have got a few little nuances wrong. But I tried my best because it was an f- interesting thing that a world leader tweeted a cryptid, so we had to talk about it. So right, right. Like I remember, like I like that time where we had uh, Kozman on, and he talked yeah, about yeah. like uh, like. Uh, Turkish cryptids and weird stuff, yeah, and it's like definitely. we never hear about it because it's you know in another country. Yeah, yeah. But I, I didn't have time to read a book about it because it happened like last night. So <laughs> this was this is this is breaking this news. This is breaking cryptid news. Okay, <laughs> don't get this from other shows. That I yeah. didn't know about like Elton John concerts. Oh yeah, and stuff being blamed. That's crazy. That's crazy. That, like they actually invest in like infrastructure to appease the spirit. Like that's interesting. That makes sense to me. Do we have like an equivalent of that in the U.S.? Like we have religious people, I well, guess. Sure. I mean, like look, Catholics. They do stuff. We have exorcisms. That's true. It's true. Sing the Pledge of Allegiance all the time. <laughs> Sing the Pledge of Allegiance. It is. Yeah, that is a spooky, like, o- religious oath, like thing. Is it is creepy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you, so? So you think this is fake, Miles? You think this is a a staged photo or um yeah i i think this is a a black and white blurry nonsensical photo that looks weird if you're told to think it looks weird and doesn't really look like anything and because the aloosh uh i believe are invisible unless they're tasked unless they're tasking you or they have some other business with humans so i don't believe you could take a photo of them so of course it's not real give it they give the president the shits yeah, he doesn't do understand think- mythology apparently. <laughs> if you were a president, could you? All right, Miles, you're you're mm-hmm. like the U.S. president. Could you oh, yeah. like? It would it, like. Uh, what movie was that where they talk about like the president's book? It has every answer in it. I think that was. Um, what's the movie with Nick Cage? National Treasure. Yeah, there's a scene. It's like the, the president's book contains all the valuable information about the entire U.S. history and all the mysteries and stuff. If I was president, I wouldn't know if Bigfoot's real or something like their aliens are real. And well, Jefferson like, would have written in that book, right? And Jefferson would have believed in Bigfoot for sure. Yeah. Did he did he write about Bigfoot at all? I don't think no, so. No, he didn't exist at the time, but he did write about he did send Lewis and Clark out specifically to look for giant monsters. That's true. 
Because so. he, because when he was excavating, um, he excavated like mounds and stuff, and he found like mastodon bones and didn't really, yeah, which he understand what they were put together wrong and made them look like a big doofus monster, <laughs> like a kaiju. Yeah, a little bit colonial era kaiju. Because he had a feud with a French um, zoologist who said that North American animals were like weak and small and diminutive, just like the American people, because we all lived in a swamp. Oh, and, oh, and, and, and Jefferson's so like, we got big ass, badass motherfuckers over here. That guy I'm was gonna, like, I'm going to prove like, to you, Frenchie. Yep. <laughs> Oddly enough, he didn't show him grizzly bears in his reports back, which makes no sense to me. Because, huh. like, look at a fucking grizzly bear, man. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> well, anyways, um, I, Trey. Yes. So there, there is one badass in history who was badder than a bear or a mastodon or an alouche who was real. Yes. His name was Alexander the Great or, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was, now that you say that, yeah, he was a bit of a machine. Like if you go through all the like injuries, he like survived. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty crazy. And like, I he got point pierced out, in like the chest and lung and stuff. And oh, he man. did all the shit he did. Before cocaine existed. <laughs> wasn't you know? on drugs? What type of oh, drugs I did don't the know, Greeks but he have? wasn't on coke. He was I an mean, alcoholic. We know he was an alcoholic. Well, that's <laughs> I mean, you ain't taking over the world, you know, colonizing without alcohol, man. You need it. Like, like Alexander the Great, like, legit was an alcoholic. Like, he killed he killed one of his best friends when he was drunk. Just in, yeah. in anger. It yeah. happens, man. It happens, it happens yeah. you know? Yeah, <laughs> He was talking shit. He really was talking shit. He was talking shit. Clytus the Black. Yeah, screw that guy. Clytus the Black out. Dead. (laughs) It was weird. No, it's crazy. There was a Clytus the Black and there was a Clytus the White. They they had to differentiate him on color for some reason. Yeah. Like Gandalf the White, Gandalf the Grey. I I know about the Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Um, Anyways, Trey. Yes. We're, you, you said, topic. We're talking about Alexander the Great. I tried to set you up. Yes, and I ruined it. I, I totally ruined it. You, yeah. you, you, you kind of helped give me this story. You sent me a, a story. Uh, this like what was this this month, last month, something like that. Um, that they found Alexander <clears throat> the Great's tomb. Oh my God, that's one of like the holy grails of our archaeology. People have been that's looking right. for that for centuries, right? It's it's like saying that you found uh, the Ark of the Covenant and stuff. It's equivalent yeah. to that. So it's like the the uh, non-religious version of like finding Noah's Ark or something. So, it's this so who was Alexander the Great? I mean, people know he ran around, he did the gay, he he fought, okay. he, he beautiful young man. People know these things. He got a horse, but like, like tell tell us the story in a couple minutes of Alexander the Great, Trey. Like, what, oh, what was okay. he about? Miles, you're really setting me up here. I, I could talk on and on. He was a guy uh, that had a dad. He's like kind of a nepotism. <laughs> he baby. was a guy who had a dad. <laughs> he was a nepo baby because his yeah. dad. His dad was really great. His dad was a great conqueror too, and he basically conquered all of Greece, uh, but got really fucked up. Like he lost an eye. He like fucked up his leg and stuff. He didn't. He didn't need that eye. I know. Well, yeah, Philip, he lost that eye. Odin didn't have an eye. He don't need an eye. Fuck it. I think. I think like a crossbow bolt went right through the eye or something like that. Or or not. It was a crossbow. They didn't have crossbow. It was like a a a ballista or something. I don't know. I have to look back at it. A ballista is huge. 
It was something. What was it? A javelin? I don't know. I forgot what how Philip the Philip the Second lost his eye. People are going to be on my ass about this if I if I don't figure this out. Um, anyways, he his, so that was Alexander Great's dad, and he got assassinated. Um, he got stabbed in a, in a public theater, and Alexander the Great became king at twenty. I think twenty years old. He was very young, um, and like his dad had been preparing for an invasion of Persia, and and was all ready. And then, and then he died. And then Alexander the Great kind of inherited all his dad's work. Uh, he crossed over into Asia, beat uh, the Persian king Darius like Xerxes. twice. Not Xerxes. Yeah, it was okay. it was uh, Xerxes like what is he to Xerxes? Xerxes like great grandson or something okay. like that. I thought there were, the only history existed was in like three hundred. So there, uh, let's see. Let's see. What is Darius to Xerxes? Like he's a he's a descendant. Like he's yeah. a direct descendant. Um, so because like there's a there's a, a three hundred sequel or something like that, and it's like it's like uh, uh, what is it called? It's called um, three hundred and one. No, no, it was called it's it was called something crazy like like Leonidas's revenge, and it's like Alexander the Great. Avenging Leonidas oh, by it killing is Alexander. I was just kind of kidding about that. <laughs> I didn't know that. I, I mean, I've read the comic 300. I've watched the movie. I like the movie other than the homophobia bit, but yeah. um, which is just like it's just stupid that part. Like, just why did I have to be in there? But um, <laughs> I was just teasing. But it's funny that it's actually Alexander the second movie. So I kind of want to watch it now. Xerxes is his. It's great great grandfather or something like that. Okay. Um, so. Alexander the, Alexander the Great defeats him twice and basically takes over his whole empire, but doesn't actually get to kill uh, Darius. Darius gets killed by one of his vassals. Mm. Um, he got grammar worm tongued. He got you know he literally did. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. And then Alexander the Great made it his personal mission to to kill that guy. He's like, oh, you killed him. I'm going to kill you now. It's <laughs> <Yeah>, a <transitive laughs> property. I just invented it. Because <laughs> the guy is what was his name? His name was Bessus. Bessus mm-hmm. was like, I'm going to kill Darius. Aren't we going to be friends now? Look, I killed your enemy for you. And he's like, No, you're my enemy now. <laughs> and he's killed you. So he hunted <laughs> him down. Badass, though. <laughs> he crucified him with a tree or something like that, like mm-hmm. by splitting That's a, a tree in two or something like the. I think it was two trees and then like the trees, like they heal up eventually or something. It was a, it was yeah, a yeah. fucked up way to die. And then he, he, and then Alexander Great was like, all right, I'm going to go all the way to India and conquer some of India. And then his troops were like, it's too far. We want to go home. It's been like 10 years. And then he went yeah, back. There's like five or six Alexandrias, like in between India and Persia. Right. Yes. Yeah. He, he founded tons of cities in between uh, was two. One was named after his dog. Another one was named after his horse. Uh, and then several named after himself, including Alexandria, um, the famous one that's in Egypt. Which, yeah, okay, so there's a bu- there's like seven Alexandrias. There's seven of them. There's Alexandria, like the furthest Alexandria and Bactria. There's a lot of them. Um, and then so eventually he like reluctantly went back to Babylon, like the center of his empire, um, and then died. Of, yeah, of a broken heart. Is is friend- the is his last word thing true? Um, the, uh, the thing where he's like to the strongest. Yeah. So in the story, um, Alexander's in his bed, right. And all, all of his men and his bros, they're all around him and the other generals all vying for his power. Cause he has the most powerful empire in the world right now. Right. And there's no air. And so he's in bed. And everyone's like, Alexander, like, you gotta, you gotta tell us, man, who's going to be the king. Who's, who's going to do it. Like there'll be civil war and they'll be fighting if you don't tell us. And he just, yeah. like, he just doesn't want to say, you know, he just holds up his hand and he just goes, 
to the strongest. To the strongest. Eyes. And like, he, <laughs> you know, like 80% of them are like, that was badass, bro. And the other, <laughs> They're like, that was, that's going to cause problems, but that was pretty badass. <laughs> the other 20% are like, fuck, this is not going to be good. <laughs> this is going to be bad. There's um there's debate. There's actually like debate. So interestingly, the word the words in Greek to the strongest are um similar to it's like kratistos or something like that. It sounds similar to krateros, which was his uh one of his second in commands. Mm. So th- some people debate he was actually trying to say to krateros, like to his like second in command is going to get the rule. Um but they misheard him as to the strongest because the Greek sounded so similar. Um, and then other ones say he said nothing. Like he was just so far gone at that point. Cause he had a, he got a fever. He yeah. like got a fever um, probably from drinking bad water. Um, and then, and then died uh, like, and he fell into a coma. Um, Literally yeah. could have saved him with penicillin. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I was in a great probably could like, I was a great was, he was pretty fucked up towards the end. Like he was, he was pretty injured. Like when he got the, the cross, like the, the arrow in India, um, and like the lung, um, he probably like, there's a lot of debate on if he could even fight after that. Like he could still stand on a horse or sit mm. on a horse and stuff, but it's debatable if he could fight. Cause he really didn't have too much action after that. Like, I think he only had like one last like battle and it was kind of like a one-sided, um, yeah, so like, there's a lot of alternate history stuff. Like, oh, if I was in the great survive, like, would he go on to conquer more? Or would he just like be a bad, bad at it? Because he was undefeated. He was undefeated on the in the field. Um, but then, yeah, so then he dies, and is in uh and almost immediately there's fighting because because there's no air and stuff. Sure, yeah. Um, and his body, uh, his body, does, his body famously doesn't smell like it, it. It smells good. Like it doesn't rot right away even though it's like summer in Babylon. Um, so th- that's given rise to theories like, oh, was he actually dead or was he just like his pulse was so faint that they couldn't really feel it? Or is that um, propaganda? Or is that propaganda? Yeah, exactly. Like everything's all messy because there's so many, there's just like a couple sources that are all like in disagreement. Um, so his, his like the succession crisis is a little freaky where um, it was, they tried to figure out who the empire was going to go to. Um, his half brother, uh, who was mentally challenged? His name was Eridias, or his unborn son with mm. Roxana, um, which, who eventually became Alexander the Fourth. Um, and it was like, who does it pass to? Which which of these two? And eventually, they settled on a on a mutual one. Like they share the rulership with like a regent, and it was just very messy. That always works good. It were all was so, and the fact that both of the claimants, one was mentally challenged, like Eridias was supposedly like. Like, it sounds like he, I don't know, like, the, like it's ancient times, so they didn't really have, like, formal classifications for it. Um, but he was, like, not able to really make informed decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then and then the son, who's unborn, which was, like, a baby for for a long time. So, like, oh, you can't have the, like, those are bad kings. Those aren't, they're not going to be able to rule. Um, so, a lot of it fell to, like, the generals who were in charge. Um, and right away, his body became important, his dead body. And, uh, and so people, uh, like, so the regent was Perdikas, who was like the second in command, um, or third in command, whatever you want to say. And he was going to, he had plans to take the body to Macedonia and Greece, uh, for a burial. Um, but a, a little sneaky guy named Ptolemy stole the body on it in route and brought it to Al- the city of Alexandria. 
and, mm. and built a tomb. And it's, this started a whole war because he this was like insubordination, him stealing the body. Well, uh, sure. And, you know, like Alexander at this point was like a godlike figure, you know, he's like a massive cultural figure. So. Oh, yeah. Like, and like the the holding the body was seen as like uh, luck and stuff. Yeah. Um, Barry, like uh, in Macedonian culture, too, like it was a big deal that like the uh, the, your, the successor buried the predecessor. So, like, if you were able to entomb the the previous king, that kind of meant that you were the, the valid king. Um, so Ptolemy stealing the body was almost like him declaring himself king. Not quite, but it was pretty pretty serious. Um, and he stole it, like, in route. And Perdigas was really, really furious about that and, like, invaded Egypt because Ptolemy was just, like, a satrap, like a local governor at that point. Yeah. Um, but Perdigas's invasion of Egypt went terrible. His army got eaten by crocodiles. And everything went bad, and eventually they killed Perdiccas, and so Ptolemy got to keep the body. Okay. And, and okay. so he built. So his his capital was the city of Alexandria, the most famous one, and it was. And he built the leftmost one, right? The, on the yeah, I guess it's east, this is the leftmost one. Yeah. yeah, it's on like the sea. It was on the ocean, and they built like okay. harbors. It, uh, a lot of people know know it for the the lighthouse of Alexandria, which of came course. later, which is um, great which, in civilization. And it lets you get a free civic. It's very good. <laughs> you don't need fascism to build it or whatever what's that it's like the washington the mount rushmore or whatever <laughs> have you seen uh, that i don't think you need fascism to build mount rushmore maybe oh, it's a newer one i saw a meme i saw a meme about it, it might oh, like I, I don't version. i don't think it's actually true oh boo internet uh, line i'm so me. sorry yeah those bastards <laughs> do that so the so ptolemy builds the soma the the body that's what it was yeah, called yeah. It's a big big huge building very opulent tomb um, where he put Alexander's mummified corpse because it was like, there's a lot of weird stuff. Like it was preserved in honey and stuff. Um, and like, because yeah, I guess it wouldn't spoil much in honey. Yeah. That's, that was the idea. Like during transportation it was kept in honey and the sarcophagus was like um, later you hear about this, that the sarcophagus that he was put in was glass, hmm. um, which is crazy. Cause they had glass, they had blown glass and stuff, but like, um, they didn't really have like glass windows, um, like long, large panes and stuff. Um, so this, the sarcophagus, if it existed, it was like the most complex and like largest and, and craziest like piece of blown glass in like the ancient world. Um, so there's like, people yeah. who claim to have this sarcophagus. Is this maybe not real? Um, so there's people that claim, so it gets a little messy. Like there was a temporary sarcophagus that was like an Egyptian pharaohs. Okay. Um, uh, and I think that's been recovered. I think that was like recovered by like Napoleon or something like that. Um, and so that was like the temporary sarcophagus, but like the glass one, I think is just completely missing. I see. Um, Cause it's for, glass. For, be because of glass. Yeah. Like we have Roman glass that survives and stuff, but yeah, most it get, it would shatter really easily. Um, so Ptolemy builds the tomb, the, the Soma, the tomb, and basically the city like grows up behind it, like around it. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, it was like one of the foundational buildings of like the city. And as Alexandria became like more and more, like it became one of the highest populated cities in the ancient world. Um, it was like basically like the Paris of the ancient sure, world. Sure, yeah. Um, and it was very fancy, and it was uh, a huge port and hub. And at, and at it least was in, in the, the West, I mean, there was a lot of growth in China at that time too. But yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. I'd have to look. I think I used to know what the population of Alexandria was in like the Roman period. It was pretty big because it was. Egypt was really important for the ancient world because it was the breadbasket. Like it was mm-hmm. where all the wheat and stuff came from. Um, 
So Ptolemy, the general, like he, he eventually declares himself king and then he creates a dynasty um, that eventually would end with Cleopatra. She's his long, long distant descendant. Yeah, because um, she's, she's Greek. She's Greek. She's a Greek like settler. Like that's the thing is like people, I've seen people depict Cleopatra like as black and stuff. Um, or well, even she like, looks like she looks like Britney Spears. It's Britney, bitch. And I am back. She, yeah, yeah, that facial reconstruction. Um, but the thing is, is, the Ptolemies were like colonizers. They were not, uh, they're not Egyptians. Um, like, like some well, of them in, well, like married. The thing, into is, the the thing is, every single large uh, culture are colonizers is the thing. This is true. This is true. Like literally every, nobody. Every single one. Like, <laughs> maybe the first people into the Americas were, but actually probably not. Pro- probably like, probably pretty much everybody. Like, <laughs> If you, if you live anywhere in the Levant or North Africa or India or anywhere in Asia, you took somebody else out to get the land that you're on. That's just how it works. Yeah. It doesn't make exactly. it okay. I'm just saying that it's just, we have a very look at the last 300 years of history kind of view, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, if you look at history, it's it's pretty messed up all the way down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the... Excuse me, I'll, the Ptolemaic... I'll, probably, I'll probably cut that part. I'll be called. Oh, no, no, apologist. no. I like that. I, I no, think it's someone true. Will call me an apologist. But I mean, I'm not like, I'm not apologizing for American colonialism. I'm just tr- trying to say that, like, when you when you think about your own culture and stuff a lot and the problems with your own culture, it's good and it makes more sense because it's the problems that the people alive near you deal with and still deal with, right? But mm-hmm. it kind of becomes a little ethnocentric when you're yeah. just talking about how it, is your people in this time, the place that you live when really this is, this is the story of humanity that this is how people got where they are, you know? Right. So everybody's killed and, and migrated and fought over land and stuff. Yeah. I was yeah. just going to say like the, the Ptolemies were like, cause the Persians had done it before the Ptolemies, the Persians had conquered Egypt and deposed like the last native Egyptian Pharaoh. And, and then the Persian King became the Pharaoh. And then that's what Ptolemy did. Ptolemy, and, well, Alexander was claimed Pharaoh too, so he also did it. Um, but then Ptolemy came in and also claimed himself as Pharaoh. And this is the interesting thing: he claimed to be Alexander's uh, half brother. Yeah, yeah, like, that way he had that lineage. He had. He was. He was Philip II's secret son that nobody mentioned before. <laughs> and I, I never mentioned this before. No one else ever mentioned it. But I feel like it's important. You know it now. And like people in like, the thing is like, we know who Ptolemy's dad was and Ptolemy was like, yeah, that dad, he just adopted me. He was a very nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little stupid. Um, it's probably not because I've read books where like they actually like uh, depict it as Ptolemy was legitimately Alexander the Great's half brother. Yeah. Probably like almost certainly not the case. He he claimed it because um because it was like divine kingship and of, stuff. Of course, right? Of course. Um. So like, and then the thing, the body became very important because it was also like he's my ancestor, he's my relative. Um. So it, like, it gives them legitimacy. Um. So yeah, and then so the the soma, the body, the the building eventually became like the family crypt for the the Ptolemies as well. Every Ptolemy mm. king was like put in the tomb next to Alexander and stuff. Sure. It gives um, you validity, right? Like you, you yeah. are part of this lineage of great people. You are ordained by the uh, the fates to rule, you know? Right. Yeah. And then like a 200, 300 years pass. And we get to Cleopatra. Cleopatra. 
and she's having money troubles and stuff with the Roman Empire, and she she loots the tomb for money. Oh, oh my God! I know that's a th- this is the thing. Talk, talk the about tomb. a gold digger. <laughs> Alex in the tomb. That poor this poor tomb gets looted like do- like a do- several dozen times throughout ancient history. Um, like all, all people- the tombs in Egypt, pretty much just get looted over and over and over again. This is true. This is true. this is definitely true. Poor Egypt gets gets just looted. Nobody respects like the mummies. Yeah, Alexander the Great's body, like uh, Julius Caesar sees it, and Augustus sees it and stuff. Augustus breaks off its nose. What the accident. fuck? <laughs> By accident? It's it's like a fucking uh, um, uh, curb your enthusiasm thing. He just breaks off the nose and he <laughs> puts it in his pocket. Has to go like get a nose guy to try to put it back on. It's a whole episode. He's like, oh shit! He's uh, or was it? I think it was Augustus. I think Augustus did it. Um, like Julius Caesar saw the body, Augustus saw the body, Caligula. Um, yeah, I guy. think it, I think in one version, Caligula visits the body and steals its breastplate. He rips the yeah. breastplate off and wears it as his own because um, he was like a fanboy. He wanted to be Alexander the Great. Um, but I think there's another version where he just has his look. Like I don't know if Caligula actually ever visited Alexandria in person. I think he like got the governor to tear it off the body or something like that. Jesus Anyways, Christ. he did. He 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 did. He kind of was rude to the body. He ripped off the like the Alexander went through a lot of shit. He, it's so strange because Caligula is normally known for being so polite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a nice guy, Caligula. Yeah. Um, he so he takes the breastplate. The nose broke off. Um, later, Caracalla, who is. Um, who is he? Septimus Severus's son? Yeah, he he's all he's like basically Caligula 2.0. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he rips does he take the ring? I think he takes Alexander the Great's ring. The ring? Like a ring. Oh, the yeah. the, the, the one ring. <laughs> he's like Schmiegel. <laughs> he kind of is like a Schmiegel like character. Um or or like, yeah, because Caligula or Caracalla was like his name comes from like the cloak he wore. He like wore mm. like a, a weird Gallic cloak um, all the time, and he was evil. He was pretty mean. Yeah, um, he wore a cloak, man. He wore an evil cloak, and like he was, I th- he was. I think he was betrothed to like the Persian king's like daughter, and used it as a chance to wed red, like red wedding them, like to kill yeah. them all. He was a bad guy. Caracalla was pretty bad. Um, anyway, so he also stole the ring off, and I think looted the the tomb um so it just it's just it's just bad and then eventually the tomb just goes missing in the 300s to 400s ad um like just silent like very silently passes away so that's history. not that long after his death then really yeah it's It'd like be a, such an important moment i mean like, such an important place like 600 years yeah, yeah it's like really not that long years yeah um and it was probably looted a lot in between there like we know that the emperor rulian who was like um like during the third century crisis um, went to Alexandria because it was because it broke off and was ruled by like Paul, the Paul Myrine empire with Zenobia. Um, and he looted it, looted the city. So it was probably destroyed a lot during then too. So there was just like a whole, and then also there was the rise of Christianity around this time too. Um, and oh, like, guys. I, I know. And Alexander the great was kind of like a Hellenic, like deified ancient Greek God kind of figure. Um, so like they kind of thought it was heresy as well, probably. Um, so around that time it probably got destroyed by, 
a mix of Christians, Romans, Roman Christians, probably a mix of just everybody. Mm-hmm. And it disappears, disappears in the 300s, 400s AD. This very big, huge building that was like a popular tourist attraction. Like it was a huge place and it was yeah, very kings, Like cities could be built around it, right? It's important. Yeah, it was and super important. Gone, unknown. Like it was probably only second to the lighthouse and the library of Alexandria as far as important for the city. Um, and it disappears. We don't know what happened to it. So yeah, it's ever like since then, roads, man. just gone. Yeah, it's just gone. That's yeah, it's crazy uh, that like there's no. Well, there's it doesn't appear like there's any. I don't want to spoil any any remnants of it. It's all just disappeared into history. There has but, to be some of the Colossus left, right? Like if it was real, there has to be. Ah, uh, that's a good question. Like, it wouldn't just go away. It's made of bronze. Well, that's the thing. It's like people like melted down bronze and stuff, and then it I'm grows. sure some of it has to fall in the ocean or something. We gotta have some of it. We Miles, we have like the rocks that were might have been inside it for for weight, like the boulders that were in its feet and stuff. I think that's those are in like the harbor. <laughs> I think those are in the harbor. I think that's the best we have, unfortunately. Because like the I think we have the platform too. Like I went into this in my video. Traded a whole video of this that you should check out. <laughs> I just love that thing and I want to see it really bad. I know. I oh. I wish. I wish like because um people like because in the Roman era, like it was like it fell over, but it was still like the remnants were still there. Um it was really only in the Middle Ages that a sultan like took the the bronze or something and apparently just melted it all down. Um, unfortunately, so it's like, ah, oh, crap. Um, so it's a similar case with this. We're like almost not like apparently like nothing survives. It was either like completely demolished. Um, but even in the ancient world, you're right that like some of it would be reused in other buildings and stuff. Like there's yeah. gotta be buildings that have parts of the tomb. Um, all right. So anyways, people have been looking for the tomb since it disappeared for, for uh, 2000 years or 1500 years. People have been looking for the tomb. And there was that story that you sent me that said it was discovered. They finally discovered mm-hmm. the tomb. We did it after all these years. But I want to I want to note that people have uh, – I always see this. Like literally every five years I see a new story about how it's been rediscovered. Um, it like the – it's been discovered a lot. Like apparently oh. – allegedly it's been discovered a lot. Um, the Egyptian Supreme Council of Antiquities – I like the, the Supreme Council. I'm picturing like the Jedi Council. It's pretty cool. It's pretty um, has a has a, has officially recognized over 140 search attempts for Alexander's tomb. We're really lot. looking for this. A lot of searches, um, and it's been a debate. Like its exact location in the city has been a huge debate. Um, and yeah, the and so like I wanted to list out like there's several uh, several times it's been discovered. Apparently, um, so number one is the most popular version is um, Muhammad El... Oh, gosh, I'm going to mess it up. Muhammad El Fal- Falaki. Falaki? People we just pronounce me. things I'm, bad on this show. It's not because of disrespect. It's just because we're ignorant. So staple. Us, you know? The, this guy in the... This guy, I think he's like a historian or an archaeologist, in the 1800s, believed Alexander's tomb was in the center of Alexandria at the intersection of the Via Canapia, uh, um, and the ancient street labeled R5. So like that's one. It's at this intersection of two streets. Um, okay. Yeah. And, but however, uh, there's not really anything there. Like it's all rubble and stuff. Um, and then Alexandria, it's been, it's been continually like Alexandria, Alexandria has literally been continually inhabited since its founding um, mm. in like 300 
like uh, BC. So it's literally been inhabited for like two over 2000 years. So everything's like built directly on top of each other. So it's kind of like hard, like buildings have been torn down and then built back up. And then those buildings have been torn down like five times. So it's kind of hard to like, know. So it could stuff. be under some mundane structure and we just don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. And I'll bring that up a little bit later. Cause, um, it, so that's one, that's one that this intersection of two streets, um, in 1850, another guy announced that he discovered Alexander the Great's mummy and tomb inside the Nabi Daniel mosque. Um, and this is, you're going to love this miles. Did, did he tell it was, did he tell it was his, uh, body because he tasted it and it tasted like honey? That'd be great. That's actually a really smart idea. <laughs> like, I think that it, that would actually be a really great way to identify it if the honey story is authentic. Oh, that's what I'm like, you know, like, they always do that thing in movies where people like taste the blood on the ground, right? And I was like, why did you do that? That's gross. But I mean, you can taste honey. his body if it tastes like honey, right? I mean, that'd be pretty good. Miles, I'm just picturing this. It's like these guys, he, he like licks the, the arm and he goes, honey, I know who this is or something like that. <laughs> God damn it. I know this guy. Um, you're going to love this mile. In 1888, Heinrich Schliemann oh attempted, <laughs> attempted to locate Alexander the, Alexander's tomb within Nabi Daniel Mosque, like that location. But get this mile. He was denied permission to excavate. Because yeah. well, people, people didn't trust him. He tried to find Cleopatra's tomb. Oh yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, he tried oh, to find man. that. I of course he tried to find Alexander's tomb. Why not? <laughs> I mean, that, obviously. That's My favorite thing bad. is that he was denied pos- permission because yeah. people were like, "No, fuck that. We've seen no, what you do." He, he's, he's sitting there with a cart of dynamite. Hey man, I want to go in here to Alexander's tomb. They're like, "Oh shit, no!" That's like, the get, last time I've told get, you. Get away! Get him away! <laughs> get him out of here! Um, so this mosque, this mosque was said to be the, the tomb location, which isn't super un unrealistic, like especially religious, like important sites are built directly on top of each other. Typically like churches are typically yeah. built on temple sites and stuff. Um, so, so that's something really site, or they're up high or whatever. Like there's only a reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's on a hill. It's very prominent. Um, so that's a, that's a location. That's number two. Number three is in 1993, a Greek archaeologist claimed that Alexander's body was actually buried in the royal tomb too at Virginia, Greece. Mm. Um, so this is a, this is I guy. This is a site that I'm going to be working at over the summer. Oh um, shit! So maybe and, you'll find it, and maybe I will. That's the thing is, so like they claimed that Alexander the Great's body was here. It, it's not. It's totally not because <laughs> all the historic all the historical accounts agree that his body was in Egypt, was in Alexandria. Um, and the tomb was in Alexandria. I don't know why his body would be in, in Greece. Um, like this is the Royal tomb. Like this Virginia, Greece, like I guy was like the, the site for all the Macedonian Kings before Alexander. Um, but he was not buried there cause his body was hijacked and brought to, to Alexandria. Um, and it's pretty clear that all the bodies in that tomb, um, in the Royal tomb, it's, it's his dad, like Philip II. And then Philip Eridias, like his half brother, and then Alexander Great's son is probably buried there too. Um, so I guess it's not super unrealistic. Like the whole entire family is basically there, but except Alexander. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's not in Virginia. I, I don't know why this archaeologist believed this because it totally ignores all the historical accounts. 
because uh, it's pretty clear. If any one of those if any one of those accounts are wrong, it would definitely change where he was. Yeah, it, it, the thing is, is, like almost all the accounts agree that he was buried, like he was he was brought to Alexandria, because um, like the tomb, like the tomb is there, um, yeah. and it's there was a whole war that was fought over basically his body um, being in Alexandria, so it really kind of messes up the history of like no, that actually wasn't that was like a random guy or something. I guess that's possible, um, but yeah, Virginia it probably isn't the location. Um, number four. 1995, another Greek archaeologist claimed a structure in the Siwa Oasis was Alexander's tomb. Um, and for, for those of you who don't know, Siwa Oasis is also in Egypt. It's in the middle of freaking nowhere in Egypt, though. It's like far off the Nile. It's in the oasis in the middle of a desert. Um, mm, so and it's where they contradict with the other stories of it being like a center of the town, an important location. Yeah, exactly. It, and it's it, this one actually is interesting to me because. Um, According to the historical accounts, or at least one of them, Alexander the Great had a will, and like one of his final wishes was to be buried in the Siwa Oasis, mm. um, because uh, because like there was uh, the Oracle, the Oracle of Siwa was there, um, and and apparently the Oracle told him that he was a god and stuff, um, like that was his question to the Oracle. Um, fun <laughs> hey, fact: Oracle, or- Am I a god? Yeah, sure, man, you're paying. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's basically how it goes. That's how it goes with ancient oracles. Well, here's the thing, Miles. Fun fact: the Oracle of Siwa was not like a person, um, like in Greece, like where it was the like mm-hmm. the the lady. Um, it was a it was Elfie. a boat. It was oh. a literal boat. It was a boat on poles, and it would give you an answer, um, depending on if it would bend one way or the other. Yeah. That that, well, <laughs> I would say it's weird, but that's kind of how that shit is, man. <laughs> It just never makes any sense and it's never going to so it was like kept in like a dark room and like it would levitate yeah it would levitate it would be on the poles and it would levitate slightly um to give you an answer like the god yeah. would would jump in the boat give you so anyways the sea oasis idea totally baseless like um the historical accounts explicitly state that like his generals like rejected that idea that he was buried there because it was like in the middle of nowhere and like they needed the body for political reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, um, it's like there's really no physical evidence to support it. Like they said it was a physical structure, but like there's really no no evidence to say that it was a tomb or even that it was associated with Alexander. Um, so, yeah, so that's another one. That's a dud. Number five is like the nuttiest one, which is St. Mark's Basilica in, I think, Venice. Um, okay, that's still the- there, right? Yeah, that's still there. It, it's yeah. not really, I guess, like the tomb. It's just where the body's at. Um, okay. Because is this in this is in Venice, right? Yeah, it's in Venice. Um, because in the in the the Middle Ages, some Venetian merchants were in um, Alexandria, which was ruled by like a Muslim sultan at that point. Um, and there was a church that had the tomb of Saint Mark, the evangelist, like the mm-hmm. the guy that allegedly wrote the Gospel of Mark. Um, he, he was like a mummy too, um, because like, he was like a, a saint and that's what they do in like Catholicism. Um, and it was a, at a church, a crypt in a church located near the port. And they heard, they had heard news that the Sultan was going to destroy the church and built a mosque on top of it. And the merchants smuggled St. Mark's body out of Alexandria and brought it to Italy and built the St. Mark's Basilica on top of the, the body. Mm. Um, and there's like a crazy nutty theory that the St. Mark's body is actually Alexander's body. Huh? Interesting. I mean, like 
there, there's kind of this thing that happens in because you, you have this like like head of the you know like the the Europeans right and like the fair skinned people from the Levant northernward like they've had several empires from Greece to Rome right then like you have mm-hmm. Alexander take over and etc etc et and like everybody wants to like be the next leader of that like civilization right and kind of unite the past with the future and so like alexander is like a big kind of like symbol of like like the past conquest of of that like kind of dispersed culture right so like Mm -hmm. having his body in your in your possession or in your territory kind of like gives you a lot of like um bona fides to say that you're a part you're like the new figurehead of this culture so it seems like a lot of people want to like say they have it because it gives them a lot of political power yeah, and like even like religious like people when they said the um Saint Mark's body was brought to Venice, like Venice like rose as like a huge political and economic power. Yeah. And like some pe- some like very religious people are like, oh, the saint was blessing the the city by being there and stuff. Um yeah. Uh so like the idea that it's Alexander is more of a conspiracy theory, like that there was a mummy, like that it's a, a mummy in Alexandria that of an important person that's basically it um and i guess the fact that there's like a mosque like that might have been built on top of that church um might lend credence to like the first like or the second theory that like it was the daniel mosque like maybe that was the mosque Hmm. that was eventually built um but this is like more of like a legend like there's really not hard evidence of that um like and i guess maybe they could test like the dna of like saint mark's body but like i don't think the catholic church would allow that and all that you know what's kind of funny? So, like, in the beginning, we get, like, some of the the Christians, like, they're like, oh, we don't like all this worship of, like, these bodies, because it's kind of, like, pagan and idol worship and stuff. But then when mm-hmm. they get priests, they, like, are always saving their body parts. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's funny, like, the, the, the Catholic thing of, like, saving the saints and, and preserving their bodies mm-hmm. Um, is like exactly what like the Greeks did with Alexander. Yeah, it's, it's Hellenistic. It's a Hellenistic yeah. tradition, and like an they, Egyptian tradition too of like mummification. Yeah. Yeah, um, but like displaying they're too good it, for it, but they're just they're not. Yeah, they're not so different. We're not so different. You, not so different, <laughs> you and I. Um. So yeah. So that was that's an idea that Saint Mark's Basilica houses the body underneath it. Um. There's really I don't know. Well, like it's an interesting idea, but I don't know if it's if it's realistic. Um, like there are probably just tons of bodies. You can get tons of in the ancient world, especially you can get tons of mummified bodies anywhere. Um, so, <laughs> you want yeah. a mummified body? I'll get you a mummified. I'll get body. you one. You want? You need a saint. You need a saint for your church. I'll get you one. I get you a good one, well preserved. I, I, I'll get you three <laughs> for a great deal. <laughs> um. So yeah. So that's number five. Number six is in 2014. There is a large Alexander era tomb. Um, called the Costa uh, tomb in Amphipolis, in, also in Greece. Um, and it, they, it was like, it's this, and it's inside this giant mound, like this big, giant, like a uh, tumulus or tumulus, which mm-hmm. is like a burial mound. And it's one of the largest ever made in the ancient world. Um, and it, uh, and it's, and some people said that this is Alexander the Great's tomb. Again, it's in Greece and not like Alexandria. Um, and all the, and so eventually it's pretty widely understood that the the uh tomb was intended for uh Alexander Great's best friend uh best friend uh <laughs> who he uh, uh no this is the other friend this is oh, uh this okay. is this is a Feistian. A Feistian was his like his love the love of his life 
Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Who died of like bad wine or something like that? Something he died maybe of a fever or something similar. Um, like they were like lifelong, like they were lifelong friends. Like they grew up together. Um, like like uh, what's his name? Aristotle was like their teacher and wrote that they were like two souls living in one or or one soul living in two bodies and stuff like that. Is it your opinion that um, Alexander was most likely gay or bi or um, it's, uh, it's interesting. Like the, there's some actual historical accounts that pretty, that lean into the idea that Alexander the great was gay. Like he Mm -hmm. was more into guys. Um, Like there's like, you can be more into guys, but still bi, you know? Yeah. There's this, he took a, he took a wife. Like it's weird. Um, like it's weird that he didn't take a wife until very, very late and didn't really father too many kids. Like he, mm. he had like, he allegedly he had Alexander, like allegedly, cause there's a lot of debate, like, and this goes into like the political thing that happened after his death. We're like, Oh no, that's not actually a son. Um, yeah. like he had Alexander the fourth, um, with Roxana and then maybe a, like an illegitimate bastard named hercules or or something like that um but he only had like like at at best he only had two kids um Mm. which is which when you compare that to his father who had like literally like 50 kids with like tons of different women and stuff um it does like raise a little bit eyebrow and then also like that there's other there's a lot of ancient sources that bring up that first of all like we know like by several like accounts he had like a a male lover named Bagoas, like who was like a Persian. Um, and then Hephaestion is pretty strongly rumored to be like his lover as well. I see. Uh, uh, like Hephaestion, it's like Bagoas is, it's like definite that like, yeah, that was totally his lover. Like it's brought up and, and he's called as such in like several historical accounts. Um, Hephaestion is never explicitly except by like um, Diogenes. And that, that might be like a kind of like fragmentary quote. Um, but like, there's a lot of like circumstantial evidence to say that they were, they were, they might've been lovers. Like, um, like, let me think like, like they did, they did a very public ceremony where they were at the tombs of, uh, uh, Achilles and Patroclus, um, from like the, the, uh, the Iliad. Um, and by that time, so in the Iliad, it's never like in the Iliad, they probably weren't lovers, um achilles and patroclus but like eventually like by the time of alexander like the popular consciousness was that they were so like doing a public ceremony like that was pretty like in the cultural context was pretty like much like saying like yeah we're gay like like that we're that we're associating ourselves with like these these icons um yeah and then also like the how he acts after his death is a little like i don't know people can like uh, like that's just like it's hard to say because like people react to their friends dying and stuff. Alexander the Great like reacted very very strongly to uh, Hephaestion dying, um, more so than literally like anybody else in his entire lifetime. Um, like if if they were just friends, like they were like ve- like they were super super incredibly close friends. So I don't know. It's possibility. Everything's a possibility, yeah, and, and it's hard to say. And, and the way cultures think about sexuality changes, you know. Yeah. Um, like the but... thing is, is that like it's not unrealistic. Like. Like no. it's, it's not a crazy idea to say that, oh yeah, they might've been lovers. Like in ancient Greece, especially like for Macedonians, like they had male lovers and, and stuff like that. Like that was a pretty common thing. So, yeah. So, cause there's people that are like, no, like they were definitely just friends. Like, how dare you? You're like, you, you, you're just looking into things way too much. It's like, I'm when just the, saying that. When the film came out 
and there was yeah. just a little bit of a hint of um, the homosexual relationship. It was like a big controversy. Oh yeah the the Greek yeah. um, the Greek government sued Oliver Stone over yeah. it, which is like come on the Greek it's like Greeks come on like you're like one of the gayest civilizations out there. <laughs> I know right. Um, yeah so so uh, I got into like I've gotten into like internet arguments over like saying that Hephaestion was probably Alexander's lover, but it's pretty, it's, I don't know. It's pretty, the evidence is, is pretty like, we'll never know with a lot of this stuff. Sure. Yeah. We'll, ne- we'll never know, but it, it, it seems like it's more reasonable than not. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with like the behavior and then knowing that Alexander the great was into guys. Um, yeah. So anyways, this tomb, this tomb in Amphipolis um, has Hephaestion's like name engraved on the walls. And this mm-hmm. is like very recent research. Like this is like within the last couple of years. Um, so it was probably intended for him and not for Alexander. Cause he died before Alexander, like eight months before and might've actually been a factor in why Alexander the great died. Cause he like, didn't take care of his health and stuff after Hephaestion's death. That's um, sad. I know Hephaestion was like Hephaestion, regardless of like who he was to Alexander was like, his like rock. Like was yeah. like his, his, like the person that kept him in check and was like his, his, he was his like second in command. And like, if Alexander the great died, like the command would have fallen to Feistian without a doubt. So he but probably did better he, than the rock that buried him. Cause that seems to have not kept him in place. Yeah. 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 He's, he's gone. Oh yeah. So that's, that's number six. Uh, okay, it's, so- it's probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm almost done. No, that's good though. So we're six into it through six different tombs of Alexander the Great, and none of them have been very convincing to you, and I believe aren't convincing to mainstream archaeologists as well. Or at least they're not definitive. Yeah, yeah like all of them have problems. Um, like at best, I think the most compelling is the first one, which is like saying it's that it was located at this intersection of two streets, like ancient roads. Um, but there's no physical evidence there, you know, it's all gone. So it's like, oh, like it probably was there, but like, it's, it's, it's just non-existent now. Um, in 2019, now we're getting to like the more recent research, um, a a Greek archeologist, like by the name of, uh, Calipi, Kalinopi, uh, there's no end in there. Sorry. Kaliopi, um, Papa Costa. Uh, she's Mm -hmm. a female archeologist, uh, who is really into Alexander the Great. Like I read some of her, her interviews with her um, and some of the stuff he, she says is pretty crazy, like, uh, or pretty uh, exciting. Like she's really into it. She was, she's digging in Alexandria, like right now, like she, I think she's still digging. Um, and she found a marble bust of Alexander in the uh, Shala, oh shoot. Shala Atlat Gardens. I can't, I can't help you with these pronunciations. <laughs> it's a park. It's like a, 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 a an old park. Uh, located near in the miles we're getting into it located near mcdonald's okay. <laughs> it's right next to like a mcdonald's um which led some suggestion that the tomb might have been located there um in this mm. in these gardens like at this site um i'm not i don't think it's super compelling because like it's the city of alexandria and of course there's like a bust of alexander in the city um sure. like he's one of the most widely depicted Ain't uh, people in the ancient world as far as like busts and in bronzes and stuff like there's a lot of Alexander the Great busts. Um, so just finding one in like the city at one location does not prove that it was like that's like oh the temple was located there or the tomb was located there. Like it could have just been like a, a, a statue 
you know, that was just like a public statue or even like a private statue like somebody had in their home. Um, sure. I have a statue of Lenin not far from my house. I don't think he's there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Like uh, Vladimir Lenin or John Lennon. Uh, the, not the Beatles one. <laughs> it was like, it was like John Lennon. Oh, Vladimir. Yeah, exactly. Cause Vladimir Lenin, uh, it's funny. Like he, his tomb, he he's like on public display in, in, in Russia. Right. Yeah. And in, in a way that's very, very similar to Alexander where he's in like a glass case and like preserved as like a just, mummy. And just stuff. like Snow White. Just exactly. Yeah. Yep. Alexander the Great, Snow White, um, Vladimir, Lenin. Vladimir Lenin. What do they have in common? <laughs> They're <laughs> on glass cases. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's one, that's one. And she, in an interview, um, yeah, she was like, she's like, for 14 years, we searched without results. I was so tired. And one day I said it, I, I said, that's it. I quit <laughs> just one hour before our departure. After we had stopped the excavation, the stoil retreated on one side and a hand appeared. I felt awe. My Alexandros revealed himself to me. Oh, uh, So it's almost like a religious experience for her working at this dig site. I think it's funny that she almost quit. Like she's like, I'm done. Like I'm done looking for this tomb. This tomb is a waste of time. And then, and then the statue revealed itself to her. Um, yeah yeah i think my child now i'm here i think i think like she's as an archaeologist you want to find something important and sometimes i think i think some archaeologists kind of like dilute ourselves or you know you want to be excited and and finding stuff is exciting um but like i don't i don't i think maybe she's reading into it a little too much um so yeah yeah so that's that's seven it's near mcdonald's um, and then, and then eight is another tame to like claim that it's in the Siwa Oasis. That's like in 2021, um, Egyptian officials claim this. I'm not really sure who they were. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think it's in the Siwa Oasis. And then this is the article that you sent me, which is this, this year, 2023. Yeah. This is um, the new hot story. This, this, so it's the same female archeologist, uh, Papa Costa, and it, in the article, it says, claiming her team discovered a large building in the royal quarter of Memphis, later integrated into the city of Alexandria. So I read this and I was like, this doesn't, well, Alexandria is spelled wrong too um, in nice. the article. So I'm a, I'm a little suspicious that this article, um, like as far as I know, Papa Costa is still in Alexandria working at that site near the McDonald's. Um, and for it to say that a building in the Royal quarter of Memphis later integrated into the city of Alexandria doesn't really make much sense because the city of Memphis is really far away. And I don't, I don't really see how it can be incorporated into the city of Alexandria because it's like literally like miles and miles away from it. Um, and the word, and then the fact that there's like a grammar, like a spelling error, I'm thinking that like, this is like a, a crap story that somebody made up, you know? Um, that like it's the original story was likely talking about the the gardens location, um, mm-hmm. but like somebody conflated something else. Like, yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah, so they, I don't think just it's a Memphis. Do it for a headline to recycle an old story that commonly clicks. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think that's exactly what happened with this story. So we got we got nine, or I guess I guess there's like eight eight options. Miles, does any of these sound uh, compelling to you? Uh, it seems to me most likely his body and many of the relics have been lost to history. There definitely was a site that was there and maybe some of the structure is there. We might be able to find one day and piece together, but I think uh, most likely these artifacts and his body are gone. Yeah. 
Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. I think there's nothing left, unfortunately. Like Maybe, though, the honey will get really old and then turn to, like, amber. I don't know if honey does that, but let's just say so. <laughs> and, and some then, ants will climb. Like, we'll find a, a trail of ants to the location. <laughs> and then we can take his <laughs> DNA out of the amber. Oh, and, and clump- mix it with some frog <laughs> DNA, and then boom. Alexander the Great Park. (laughs) I'm just picturing this. He breaks out like and he's like chasing people with like a spear. You could call it a Hellenistic Acres. It could be a new park. (laughs) I I, I want the idea that like he he gets out and he can't like he can't help but not conquer. He's like, I must conquer. He's like chasing people down. (laughs) He just has flags and he's planting them everywhere. And he's like, I I need to get off the island. Breaks into the zoo, takes the elephants. I must ride them over these mountains. <laughs> Welcome to Helen Hellenistic Park. Hellenistic <laughs> Park. It's just a guy in like a, a large enclosure just standing <laughs> there, Greek guy. <laughs> yeah. That'd be cool. Goldboom can put his head on his chest. I I talk to uh can put his head on his chest and he'll rise and fall. That's one big pile of shit. Um, I like proposed an idea to like a genetics professor for like testing DNA. Like we could test the DNA of like the, um, the eye guy, like the Virginia tomb, which has like Alex and the great's dad, half brother and, and son, um, get DNA from that and like test a whole bunch of mummies to see like, like, like candidate mummies, Mm -hmm. um, like St. Like St. Mark maybe. And like test the DNA of it. Um, and see if like it matches or, or is related to those. Um, and he like shot it down. He was like, yeah, uh-huh. no, he was like, yeah, no, that probably won't work. And like, he's like, that's a, uh, what did he say? He said, that's a historical question. And, uh, and, and, uh, that's not going to get any funding from like a university <laughs> or something. I was like, oh, damn it. Oh, come on. And so that's he shot sad. my dreams down. Um, but yeah, I believe in your dreams, buddy. Yeah, maybe I'm going over there. I'm going to be working at so the Virginia, like the Eye Guy site. It's the royal tombs of all like the the Macedonian kings and also like a whole bunch of nobles. Um, and like odds are, I'm going to be working on a tomb that was like a minor nobles tomb or something like that, right. which is cool. But I'm probably not going to find anything super crazy. Um, I believe you never me. know. You never know. Um, yeah. So Alexander Great's tomb discovered for uh, the, <laughs> the ninth time or. <laughs> I'm sure a bunch of creationists have said they found it too. They're always finding stuff. Oh my god! Oh my god! Ken Ham, Ken Ham. He's like, I found Alex in the Great Tomb. Why did I turn? Why did I turn him into uh, like? I don't uh, know. He does not like his Finch. Like I turned him into like just, a. <laughs> it's just not accurate. Just, did you watch? Did you watch? Uh, 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 oh, kitten boots and uh, Puss in Boots too. No, although I was told Puss in Boots is actually good. It's really good. It's really yeah. Good. I, I I was surprised, you know. There's a I'm little not cricket as big character. of a Shrek fan as you are, so. Oh, even for non Shrek fans, it's pretty good. There's a little yeah, cricket I, character who talks. What are Shrek like fans that. called Shrekers? Shrekers. <laughs> I hope so. Shrek, Shrekheads. Shrekheads. Because I, I like Shrekers because it's Trekkers for Star Trek, so it's like Shrek. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Greeny, you call them greenies. The greenies, greenies. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah, that's Alexander Great's tomb. Um, like I, I'll, I'll keep my ears open. You know, you never know what you're going to find with archaeology. 
like there's more and more people becoming archaeologists and the methods are getting better. Um, the thing is with like Egypt, like Egypt, everybody wants to dig in Egypt and like people have been digging in Egypt for, for like 300 years or more. Um, so it's like, uh, what do you got? What else can you find? They're, they're chasing know? that King Tut high, you know, everybody wants <laughs> to find their King Tut room. But. Every, everybody wants to find an unplundered tomb. Um, and I guess Virginia was that Virginia in like the nineties, like 1993, like that was a big deal that the tomb, like the, the in Greece, like was an unplundered tomb, like Philip II's tomb, like this really, really famous historical figure. Nobody had broken into it after 2000 years. Like that's a huge deal. The fact that everything's uh, intact. We didn't find Alexander's tomb. No, nope. um, but you know, some guys who are going to find what they're looking for most definitely and never fail. Oh, who's that miles monster quest monster quest. Head start. Witnesses around the world report seeing monsters. Are they real or imaginary? Science searches for answers. On Monster Quest. Witnesses around the world. What are we looking for, Miles? What, what's the creature? What's the monster of the week? What's the... <laughs> Spider-Man. Oh my god. No, not not Spider-Man, but a spider, a spider man. A spider that's the size of half a man. Oh my god. It's a, it's a big spider. Yeah, uh, it is. This a, episode, it is a great big spider. This episode uh, literally started I am going to write this down. I know I'm not in chronological order. Or I guess I like kind of am. Um I need to say this. The episode starts and I like literally went, "Oh shit." Like an audible oh shit. Because the it's, it's a British man, this is a British man talking, um, who I recognize right away. Who I kind of have a uh, not a personal relationship, but we've like talked in the YouTube comment section. Um, we got a beef. We got a beef with this guy. I, I do have a beef with this guy. He's a. It's. A, I was like, oh look who it is. It's a, what is his name? William Gibbons. Oh my god. Um, who is a famous young Earth creationist who. Um, I know because we'll get to this in a different episode, the future episode. Stay tuned for the Monkeley and Bimbe episode about that dinosaur in the Congo. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get we'll get to Monkeley and Bimbe when we get there. That'll be definitely an interesting episode. I um, think, and I think the clip that they have him talking is taken from that episode because he doesn't show up in this episode besides that like short interview. Yeah. Um. So I think they took it from there and reusing it. Um, so I, was, I went, oh, shit, I know this guy. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So what's in this? So we got giant spiders? Well, yeah, and then also not a giant spider. Um, we have the camel spider as well. So we're looking for like a giant tarantula type spider that possibly exists in like the Congo or maybe South America. They're kind of mm-hmm. taking two shots at it existing. Um but also the camel spider, which is, uh, of course, in Iraq and Saudi Arabia and other places like that. And a lot of Westerners came into contact with the camel spider while we invaded Iraq in the mid-aughts. And they freaked out. Yeah. Um, I actually <laughs> really remember this um, because some of my friends were GIs that were in Iraq at the time. And I actually heard a lot of these myths about camel spiders, which, of course, are not camels nor spiders. Um, yeah, I always try to find why they're why because they, they give the myth on why they're called camel spiders, but I want to yeah. know what the actual reason why they're called camel spiders are. Oh, the actual reason is because people believe they eat um, 
the stomachs out of camels. Oh, that's so stupid. That's so yeah, stupid that's that the name that's comes it. from a myth. That's it. Oh, they're kind of, I will say they're kind of creepy looking. Yeah. So th- these are solifuges, <laughs> which are um, very distinct from spiders evolutionarily. They're like, they're common ancestors, like, you know, tens of millions of years um, in the past. So they're not really related at all. They have um, they, five legs instead of, or, or sorry, uh, ten legs instead of eight. Yeah, and, and they eat with uh, these pooling mandibles, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, instead of like uh, the little mouth things that spiders have. I don't know what the actual name is. Um, but but the solifuges, um, called wind scorpions, appear. Um, I have seen them in the wild many times uh, while camping in Northern California. We find them under rocks and stuff. I always thought they were crazy cool and crazy weird. Uh, mm-hmm. I was a little scared of them because, like, you just don't have that much information about them, you know. Um, I think that's why some of these like claims about them became popular because you know Google wind scorpion or camel spider on your phone right now. If you haven't seen them, they they look pretty weird. They look like something out of a, an alien movie. Yeah. Oh, they're closely they're closer related to daddy long legs. Oh, yes. and I can yeah. see it, and then ticks and like ticks and stuff too. Then they actually are the true spiders or scorpions. That's crazy. That, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah they're like, they're barely their spiders. Own, their own branch of life. So, wow, I thought they were they were related to scorpions because they kind of look like scorpions. But the daddy long legs actually makes more sense to me. I can like I can see it like they're minute they're big daddy long legs. That's crazy. Daddy long legs is a great name, by the way. For <laughs> what do you do you have those things? What do you call them by different a names? Lot, a lot. There are a lot of daddy long legs in Northern California. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not seen them since I moved up to Seattle. Actually. Oh. Um, we don't have as many bugs just out and about up here because it's cold. I uh, mean, they're here, and you can see them if you go look for them, but you don't see them just scurrying around as much as I did in Northern California. So They're probably in, like, logs and stuff and all that. Yeah, man. It, it, it's, <laughs> it's fucking cold. You guys stay warm. <laughs> so so there's, some, there's some rumors. Right? Where, why, why do they think that there's a... A large spider. Like, where are they getting the story that there's a spider larger than any known spider in these areas? Oh, there's a there's a lot of stuff um, like that says it. Like, for one thing, William Gibbons, that that that, that young British lad, um, not young lad. He's a, he's an old man. Um, he tells a story about how in the jungles of of Congo in Central Africa, a British explorer explorer in 1938, R.K. Lloyd, he was driving with his wife and a giant spider ran out in front of their, their old timey car and, and was like the size of how big was it? It was like, it was like the size of a person, right? It was huge. I'm like a large dog or something is how they explained it. Yeah. So there's like these weird legends of, of giant, huge spiders. Well, what's um, really monstrous is the reason that the, uh, these people were in the Congo. Oh, there was, um, it was a honeymoon, it, right? It would, no, I, well, I would definitely not look up why uh, what the Belgians did to the Congo. Oh, um, oh. in the top ten worst things that humans have ever did, it, it's not in the bottom five. So shoot, Dang. yeah, not not good. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so there's these. So there's. I, I hope. Hopefully, some of these some of these guys got killed by spiders. It's retribution. Yeah, if, if they were part of this this colonialism that was going on by Belgium, then yeah, you know. Get them spiders. Get them spiders. Spiders. These are huge. These spiders are huge. Oh my gosh! They're like dog, huge dog-sized spiders. Um, allegedly, we don't actually. We've never actually found one of these yet. We'll see. 
uh, if Monster Quest shows us right. Um, and then also in South America, there's apparently legends of giant spiders. Um, we we meet a guy. We meet a guy in, in uh, from in the Peru tribe, Peru, mm-hmm. uh, in Venezuela, who claims to have seen in his childhood uh, a dog or a, a giant spider. I think like the size of a dog take a dog and 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 kill it and then run it back into the forest. Can't be killing dogs, man. Yeah, he said it reared up and it raised up to the size of a human. It's quite yeah. a big spider right there. This shaman uh, says the story. So at least raises up five feet then. That's crazy. So, yeah. So there, there's all these like little little, little fragmentary legends of... Uh, there's of one um, from 1890 that they don't mention in the episode. Ooh, um, yeah, so this spider actually has a name. This cryptid has a name. And Ooh. it's a Jabba Fufi. Uh, and oh. it was first seen by this white Catholic guy named John Symes. And uh, he and his two assistants were out bushwhacking. And uh, the two dudes got stuck in a web. And then these spiders that were over four foot long came down to get them. And the web was extremely tough. Like, we're talking like Black Widow type strong, you know, spider silk. And he, oh could, just barely, he could just barely get them out. And he did manage to pull them out. But uh, one of them got bitten. And all, he tried to take care of them and bring them back to camp. But he ended up dying because of the venom. Man, that that's crazy! I didn't realize they made webs and and humans got stuck in them like uh like Harry Potter. Yeah, it's yeah, it's exactly like Harry Potter, <laughs> like Aragog. Probably oh equally God. as problematic <laughs> here in Africa. Dang, yeah. So there's like there's spiders that can eat dogs that can eat humans, um, alleged in these old old stories. Yeah, um, and, and of course, large spiders are in a lot of folklore and culture, right? Yeah. So, like, so like, uh, you have Arachne in Greek mythology, right? Where uh-huh. she was like this little egotistical girl that wanted to be like the big influencer and like spin the best yarns ever, and like she had this cool color purple that no one could do, and everyone's like, "Oh shit, you're the best!" And then like one day, Athena, you know, she did that Greek god thing where you pretend not to be a Greek god so you can judge someone. And then Athena comes down and she's like, oh, you know, don't be so vain, like give respect to the gods. And then Arachne was like, fuck you. I don't care about that. I care about likes. Um, And then Athena popped back into her normal form. Was like, oh, shit, I got you. You're on my YouTube show where we punk mortals. And Arachne's like, I can outspin you any day. And so they had a spinning contest, you know, Um, it was like the walk off in Zoolander, but for like uh, quilting. Or whatever they were doing, mm-hmm. and um, Ar- Arachne and Athena, you know, they, they start going out. You know, they're playing like everyone's working for the weekend or whatever fucking theme song they're playing while this is going on. People are cheering them on, and then Athena shows off hers, and it, it's beautiful, man. It shows the gods being super cool. Zeus is there, Poseidon's there, you know, all the greatest hits. Uh, you know, Hermes, whoever. Everyone's looking beautiful. Everyone's looking blessed. Hashtag. And Arachne flips hers open, and it's a fucking atheist shit post. You know, she's like Me Too and Zeus saying how shitty he is, uh, saying all these gods are womanizers, and they got no respect for mortals, and they're all a bunch of punks, and they they should be canceled. And then Athena's like, I can't believe you, bitch, I, and I'm gonna turn you into a spider. And she did that, and now she has to like, you know, do her little her thread making and stuff out of her abdomen, and that's where spiders come from. It, is Athena is is jealous and doesn't like slash atheism on reddit and so like <laughs> like that that's you know we got that story and then like um uh, the the hopi people of north america 
they have a whole story about like a spider going and getting the sun and being like hella cool and nice, which is kind of different, you know? Yeah. And then like uh, um, <clears throat> a popular like African story, like they have their spider god, uh, Ansi or Anshi. He, he is like a trickster god, almost like in Jewish mythology or like a Bernard in European mythology, where it's like he's all about like tricking other people and getting one up on them with his cleverness, right? Mm-hmm. And he he goes to the All Father God, who like knows all the great stories. He has the best DVD collection and everything. And you know this spider guy's like, hey, humans are bored. We're just like you know eating pigs and eating wild rice, and it's really tough down here. Like we got no internet, and the God's like tough shit, man. And he's like he's like, well, help us out. He's like, and so he gave him an impossible task they could never do, right? He's like, oh, there's a super famous leopard and snake and hornet and this little forest spirit. Like everyone knows them that you, you'll never catch them. They're, they're really smart, really good, like named high level creatures, right? He's like, if you bring me those four things, I'll give you my DVD collection. And he's like, okay, I'll do it. And then he goes out, long story short, he tricks them all, right? All gets them on a scenario, like just just, just messes them up, out, outsmarts those little dudes brings them back and then he's kind of like prometheus like bringing fire to the people but he brings the stories to all, to all the tribes in west africa there so like we have a lot of like um spider characters in mythology you know humans have a fascination with spiders um seems both as big monster dudes or maybe that they're they're you know a story about their webs because their webs are really interesting or a story about them being kind of clever and sneaky and um and one of the most popular modern mythologies, of course, in Tolkien, we have Ungoliant, who mm-hmm. is the big creature that crawls out of like the blackness of creation and eats like the first light that was ever in the world and almost eats Melkor, which is like the source of all evil in the world. So even in that story, you know, like the, like the core darkness, the thing that's like more evil than evil itself is a spider. So. Dang. And, yeah. and she was she was a uh, Shelob's like ancestor, right? Yeah, um, uh, Shelob is a uh, a descendant several times down the line from Ungoliant. Shelob is, is much oh. weaker than Ungoliant. So, right. Dang. I'm. I, you mentioned the the hope you have something about like the spider trickster god, right? Um, uh, the, yeah, the Hopi one like uh, goes and gets the sun. It's kind of the exact opposite, actually, of the Ungoliant story in Tolkien. Interesting, because I I, I I just remembered from my like my big Bigfoot knowledge. Um, a Bigfoot is uh, Iktomi, which is a Lakota mm-hmm. uh, version of it. I just realized that like it's the Lakota version, probably of the of a similar like culture hero. Yeah. Um, Iktomi is the spider trickster spirit, and and uh, the only reason I know about it is because some Bigfoot people say he's Bigfoot, even though he's a, a spider trickster god. Even though he's um, not Bigfoot. <laughs> even though he's not Bigfoot. Even though he's uh, a spider little trickster like Loki. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if there's something we know for sure, right? Something being what? not Bigfoot has ha, has no impact on if people think it's Bigfoot or not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think I was in a like a Bigfoot museum or something. I saw Iktomi and and probably this this uh, Hopi version probably in the Bigfoot thing. Like, oh yes, this is it. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, dang. So spiders have religious significance. People people fear them. People worship them. People think they're good. Yeah, they get around. They get around. Well, pe- uh, we, humans have like almost like a primal, primal reaction. I won't say fear because I don't know if it's if it's super culturally relative um, of spiders. Like people, like a lot of like, at least in like Western culture, like spiders are pretty, pretty feared. Like they're scary. 
Oh, I think spiders just look very alien from us, you know? Like, yeah. You can't see their face. Like, you can't look at their eyes. You can't make any kind of contact with them. Even, like, something that is often monstrous in stories like a wolf or something, you can have some communication with a wolf, right? Mammal to mammal. Right. Like, you, you have some familiarity. You can look at it and be like, hey, I'm not bad. Look at me. Let's let's make a treaty, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you can kind of you kind of do that with certain animals, e, as long as they're not, like, you know, damn sad and eating you which you know obviously animals don't do that very often animals aren't monsters right but like but you just can't communicate with a spider there's nothing you could do um so like it i feel like creatures like that feel more dangerous because it's not that they're out to get us but in our mind like we can't really protect ourselves because they're sneaky and we can't communicate with them so you're right they're like so they're so alien yeah they're they're basically like like a so distantly related to us, like so primal. It's like a jellyfish almost. Yeah, and like the legs, the legs are creepy. Like the fact that they have like hair, like like independently evolved hair and hairy legs. That's a little creepy. Yeah, and then a, a giant one. Oh gosh, we we see the like the little ones in our house, and we go, oh, that's scary. Just picturing well, a giant. What spider. would you even fucking do against a giant spider? <laughs> I mean, it's a good. That's a good point. That's a good because I, I struggle to kill even tiny spiders. It's a little scary, and and in this in this thing, so the, the one of the big hurdles here with the giant spider idea is can spiders even get that big? Yeah, so they they to their credit actually bring that up right. Yeah. So like so, the spiders of course we're talking about being distant from us. They don't breathe the same way we do, right? No, nope. they, yeah, they they absorb have- oxygen through their their skin, right? Yeah, so they have like these chambers, like, and these chambers bring in oxygen and they move it. So it's like, it's it's very limited. So if if you look at the fossil record of the largest spiders that ever existed, you'll see ones that are larger up to the size they're talking about, right? Like these monster spiders. Uh, obviously yeah, not there, monsters, but large. There was um, it's interesting. There was one that was like a giant, like people thought it was a giant arachnid um, during the carboniferous period, like uh, which is when all the bugs were big. Um, and it was thought to be a giant arachnid that was like literally the size of a, of a human head or like a cat. Um, later that was shown to be, it's a, it's a Eurypterid, which is like a sea scorpion, um, mm-hmm. which they bring up in this, in this series. Cause sea scorpions got really, really big. Like they got like, like the biggest of them were like probably crocodile size. Um, so like arthropods could get big at like some periods in history. Um, I don't know if spiders specifically, but like yeah, relatives, so like close relatives. One thing to think about is so spiders and their family, right? Like spiders have to live above the water and they have an exoskeleton and that exoskeleton has weight and they have to shed it as they grow. So mm-hmm. the ability to move oxygen around their body and to deal with the weight of the exoskeleton are two pressures that keep down their size. And one of them is like just pure physical limitation, like like the physics of the way the world is and how you can move oxygen, right? Like it's not negotiable unless there's a new developed strategy, like, you know, a circulatory system, which they don't have. Um, right. Crabs, a lot of them can live underwater, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there, there are some crabs that live in the shallows or, or go on land, like, um, like uh, coconut crabs, right? Which are quite fucking large, larger than these spiders. Yeah. But they have a different kind of exoskeleton that they can deal with the weight. They have the body structure for it. And then also they get to be in water, which lowers the amount of uh, weight they have to deal with, right? Or their top weight. 
So like th- those are just different things. Like I think the more you think of it, the harder it is for um sp- to think of a spider possibly getting as large as these rumors. Hmm. Yeah, this is and 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 yeah, and the oxygen levels aren't aren't as big to as aren't as uh, high today for them to yeah. take up oxygen through their yeah. skin. And they um, talk about that, right? So like like insects in the past were larger because there was more oxygen in the air. Hmm. I've heard of people on the internet saying that we should produce more oxygen and the insects will grow bigger. Yeah, I guess <laughs> like we'll, fill, faith. we'll fill the oxygen, the, the atmosphere with like higher oxygen. Um, I don't know if it would, if that's how it would work either. Like in like the insects would just suddenly grow bigger within our lifetimes. Like I think it would be a gradually evolved kind of thing. Yeah. You got to um, put some selective pressure on it. Right. I mean, yeah. Like yeah. So the, the problem with these cryptids is that, uh, logically, like logistically, like evolutionarily, they don't make much sense. Like they can't, they can't really exist. Like I think the the spider, the size of like the largest like tarantulas is kind of like the biggest you can really get. You know, like it, like there might be bigger ones, but probably not much bigger. You know. Yeah, there's just the size lock. Like you, you can imagine some creatures getting like you know, 10, 20% larger than any known version, which is still pretty massive, but there's just a hard cap on these spiders. So it's kind of hard to be like, oh, is there a giant one hidden? It's like, I don't think there can be, regardless <laughs> if there is like, you know, so it's kind of a, it's kind of a non-starter more than a lot of the other cryptids, unfortunately. Right. Because, because they, 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 I feel like they actually bring that up that like the spiders that they're looking for are like 10 times larger than the largest known spider. So like, that's a really large increase in size for them not to yeah, be like it's precedent. a fundamental difference between what we currently understand if these yeah. spiders were to exist yeah, but so, so what, the, like what do they do to try to find these then, Trey? so what we do is we travel we uh send a guy we send a guy the spider expert rick c west yeah mm-hmm. uh, he's actually pretty famous he's actually a pretty well respected uh spider expert oh, that's um, cool what, what are they called like arachno arachnidist or something like that sure whatever yeah um they, they have a specific name I, they said it in the in the in the show um and he he's actually really famous because he has spiders named after him like he's he's named a whole bunch of spiders like dozens and dozens of new species of spiders and then he's so famous that like probably his students have named different species after him damn cool because I, I don't think you're i think i have to look into it i don't think scientists are allowed to name uh, name species after themselves anymore. Like, uh, I think you were allowed to do that in like the 1800s, but now it's kind of frowned upon, but you so are funny. allowed, you are allowed to name them after somebody, you know, like you can't, you can't name them after yourself, but you can name them after like another person. So that's why you got to get lots of students then. So you can get some stuff. Yes. Named after. This is an incentive to be a good teacher <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, and be friend and have friends. It's a, yeah. And so he's he's pretty famous for for uh, identifying new species of spider. There's probably tons of them still yet to be identified. And uh, yeah, and he goes out to the Amazon basin of Venezuela uh, to uh, look for some spiders to 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 find any bigger species, any new species. Um, he flies out there and he has this guide. Um, I like Rick West. I do not like his guide. <laughs> I, I I don't know if you you didn't like the guy. I just like his guide. I could tell was like a little too gullible in these stories. I don't think he was equipped with the kind of um, just the kind of education you need to deal with these kind of people. Yeah, um, maybe cryptid people. You know, like they have a certain way of. 
kind of encouraging you to think that they're like it's reasonable that they're on these trails and stuff and he's just kind of being you know he's just kind of being positive i guess but like yeah you're being positive in like a negative direction if that makes sense yeah He's a little too. He's a little. He seemed a little naive to me because he was like, yeah. so he, with with Rick and the the guy. This is where we get the story from the 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 shaman, the Piro shaman, of like the human sized spider that took killed a dog, um, and he he like accepts the story at face value. I'm assuming Rick doesn't because we don't actually get to really hear Rick much of Rick's side of the story. Um, yeah. But the guy, the guy, the guide is like. Um, he's like, I believe them. They, they've been out, they live out here. Um, I, I believe that they're accurate what they're saying. And, um, and, uh, and he says they have no reason to make up these stories. Yeah. Why do people always say that? You know, like, people it's say like that. we're not, first of all, they do actually, but <laughs> it's not required that that be true. Like people just are wrong about stuff, you right. know? Right, like um, William Gibbons, like the guy that showed up at the beginning, he says the same exact thing about the Menkelian Bembe stories, which is, a, it's kind of funny that this is a similar situation where you have Western, um, like scientists, William Gibbons isn't really a scientist, Western people, let's just say Western like travelers, go into like native areas and native, native sources tell them that a cryptid is out there. Um, and they take them at face value, like they believe them 100%. Um, like, oh yeah, they can't be lying. They're telling the truth. Um, like there's this weird double standard almost when it comes to cryptozoology to like believe, like to accept, like to, to, I don't know, to not believe that native people can make up stories or lie and stuff like that, that they're always truthful to you, which is not yeah. true. Yeah. It's definitely a thing, right? They're just yeah. people that they're, they're, they can be fooled by cryptids just as easily as anybody else can. So, right. Cause, cause the thing is, is another thing is that like they, when you actually look into the details, like they kind of do have a reason, like an, an incentive to, to make up stories or to tell uh, these researchers what they want to hear. Cause like the researchers are staying in their villages and bringing money and like tourism there. Yeah. And they're they kinda... Gatorade and a, or whatever, you know, it's just stuff that they can use. And so like, yeah, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, man, I saw that thing. Keep on bringing me stuff, you know? Yeah, it's more like I know more of like the Menkele and Bimbe situation where the situation was that like researchers had been going there for year after year for decades. And like they're like, we got to keep these people coming because they're they're basically yeah. like building our economy. They're visiting our village and not this other village. So we got to tell them. I mean, good like, on them, man. Stories. Get yourself money. I don't care. No, it's Buy good. It. I I say to man, yeah. manipulate the gullible people, but yeah, yeah. There's like um, I have a problem with that when like the um, because the the guide is like I believe what they're saying was accurate, and like they know their animals. I don't think it's a monkey or like a sloth or something. Like they would know they live in these forests and stuff. Um, and they like he ignores the the more likely possibility they could just be making up the story, you know. Um. So yeah. So yeah, that's so also they, just a few people believe it there, and most other people don't. You know, you talk to yeah, the like maybe they just found guy. the crazy the the one guy in the village that's that's crazy, the crazy uncle. So they find they their huts and they show them their huts and they like they build them down to the ground and then outwards, right, to make mm-hmm. sure that they say that the big spiders don't come drag people off, right? That's how they describe it. But I mean, like that's a pretty practical solution to bugs in general, right? So like. The fact that they have designed their huts to be bug proof to me is evidence that there's giant spiders just 
like that, like he tries to make it seem. It just seems like they are they engineered their huts well to protect themselves from bugs entering, which you yeah. know is a pretty reasonable thing to do. I, I know some people who live in like tropical areas where they del- they they live in houses and they'll design their houses so that like um like because periodically depending on where you are like army ants will sweep through the forest and like and sweep into your house and some people just like they'll they'll put their what is it they put the legs of their table in cups of water or something mm-hmm. um so that the army ants can't climb on like the furniture but they'll go on like the floor. And mm. clear out all the bugs and other like insects and spiders oh, and stuff. I get it. It makes it interesting. Yeah. Like people, people doesn't redesign their home, but it doesn't mean like it's a giant spider. Like it could just be like regular smaller bugs and stuff. So there are dangerous bugs out there that aren't necessarily big. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of that. We're like, I don't know. They're not really critically thinking. And, and, and we don't, I feel like we don't actually get to see much of, of Rick, like what Rick has to say. Cause Rick is a, is a scientist. Um, and I feel like, I feel like he would maybe doesn't really believe in the stuff that monster quest was kind of, yeah, I, I, I suspect not. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah like he was out there. He's like, I want to find, like, he's like, yeah, I'll, if, if there's a giant spider out there, I'll, I'll find it. He's like, I'm not, he's not super optimistic about it. I think. Yeah. We also, of course, look on the solifuge size at the side yes. and then they have two scientists and they both go out and try to catch a solifuge. Now, these two scientists know Solifuge pretty pretty well, so they don't believe at all in these stories of them being monstrous or, or very large, but they're trying to catch one to show the camera a good, a good specimen. Um, and, the, and the Solifuge, it's, they're famous because of that, that one picture, right? The yeah. giant the so, photo. Yep, and this is in 2004, and I remember this photo like actively when this is going around. This is all <laughs> over. Um, I remember talking to people about this and like hearing people t- tell me stories. So like I often heard back then in the day, um, camel spiders would run behind Humvees in the shade and would run as fast as the Humvee going down the road. Um, I heard that Humvees would get in uh, people's beds and bite them. I heard that they would eat camel stomachs. I heard that they would be like the size of cats. I heard all these things from people. Oh my and, god! Yeah, some of the stuff is in the episode. They do a reenactment of a guy getting like bit in the leg or whatever, right? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. But like, this is real stuff. So this image, of course, we see this famous camel spider image. If you Google camel spider, I'm sure it's one of the top things that come up. Um, this is just the famous fisherman's trick. Um, it's a perspective thing, right? Yeah, when it. I saw it, I was I was reminded of you. You told me like how fishermen like literally hold out the fish in front of the camera and make it look yeah. bigger. Yeah, you hold it out and up away from your body, and it makes it look larger. <laughs> it's a famous trick. So that, that's all that's happening. Also, that image is two solifuges. Yeah, bit, like t- biting t- on one another or something like that. Yeah, which right? strangely, like, never really got brought up a lot. Like, right. it's kind of obvious. Really- you think of I mean, it like, oh, there's two creatures here. It makes it look bigger. Yeah, yeah, and it's weird, like that nobody's been able to identify these people in the picture right like still to this day like these these soldiers haven't been identified yeah so you know like that image doesn't show a giant one um as far as we can tell solifuges cannot run as fast as to chase the shadows of a humvee although they will follow shade which is reasonable you know they they do do that that is a real thing um but they can't you know just sprint down the they in the in the in the monster quest they say that they run 24 or 25 miles per hour 
apparently, which is insane. That's like for something that's small to run that fast. That's insane. I, I believe they do not run that fast. I don't think so either. I think, I think that's, that's an exaggeration. Um, not that they can't run fast for a bug. They, they scurry quite quickly, but not not quite that. It is my I can, I can totally see how like myths and like legends like this spread during like the early days of the internet. Yeah. Like everybody has like a relative who's over in Iraq or somebody that they know. And, and then like, uh, and then like this one thing starts, they see in an email, an AOL email talking about like the, Oh yes, we had these giant, these creepy camel spiders. And then like people who aren't familiar with them just spreads and spreads. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, that's, that's a hundred percent what happened. <laughs> and they're, so, and they're not you know, that like, scary. like they're, they're scary looking, but I don't think they're that dangerous. Right. They still a huge, um, do not pose any realistic threat to humans. Um, their mandibles would hurt you, and it is possible, and I'm, it has happened a few times in history that they will like bite onto somebody, and they'll kind of mess you up because they like have little enzymes and stuff that'll soften you. But mm-hmm. it's it's so rare; like you're much more likely to be attacked by all kinds of things. Attacked isn't the word, right? They're not attacking people, but you know, like th- having a negative experience with a solifuge is extremely rare, and you're not going to find it very much, you know. It should be like in the bottom zero zero one percent of your concerns in life. So. Right, like you should be more scared about of like a black widow than a than a solifuge, right? Well, black widow is legitimately kind of scary. I think. Yeah. Um, when they got the venom, a black widow will not attack you. You know, but if you accidentally sit on one or something, it could bite you, which um, can be quite harmful. So. Yeah. I, I speaking of spider bites, I actually I wrote this little story on here because this is like a personal story. I was at my grandma's uh, like retirement place, and uh, an old man once told me this weird, bizarre story about how in Vietnam, a, a, a weird spider, I, I think it was a weird spider that he'd never seen before or something. I, I should have wrote it down as soon as he told me because it was a weird story. He was in Vietnam. He was stationed there in the jungle, and a spider bit him on his, his thumb. Hmm. And then years later, he got cancer on that, in that, in that same finger. Okay, and, and I and again, like, okay, like, uh, is it, are those two things related? And also, like, how reliable is this old man? Um, but it was just like crazy to me that, like, oh, maybe there's like a undiscovered species of, of spider in Vietnam that gives you cancer bites. And I was like, or, saying, or maybe it was all the Agent Orange we dropped on that country. Yeah, th- again, that's the more likely thing: the Agent Orange, Orange, or asbestos, or whatever. That 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 everybody in that era had around them, um, but yeah, that's or, or just like skin cancer. Maybe it was skin cancer because you're down in the sun. Um, yeah, well, Vietnam is very hot. So yeah, so that anyways, weird. So the spider. I, I don't know. It just, in my head, it created such a weird image of like a, a a a spider bite that gives you cancer, as opposed to Spider Man giving you powers that just gives you cancer. It's terrible. Well, so, um, Spider Man did have uh, radioactive sperm. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Isn't that a thing? It was like yeah. a comic. Yeah. Oh. Not one of the better Spider-Man series. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, random story. I felt the need to bring it up because oh, this old okay. guy told me a bizarre story. And it's interesting because Vietnam is actually does have a lot of undiscovered species there and stuff. Like it's, it's. I think it's where we found oh, that deer, Laos. right? Uh, Laos. Oh, right. and, and Laos is where we found uh, a spider in like 2001, which is one of the largest known spiders. Uh, the hunter spider was actually found in Laos, which is, you know, relatively close to Vietnam. So, 
Oh, I'm going to see the hunter spider. Oh, God. Looks terrifying. Yeah, it's, it's one of the Jesus. largest spiders that there is. So, the hunter spider. Yeah. Jesus. Have you ever held a, a tarantula, Miles? Uh, yeah, I've held a tarantula before. I love those children's tarantulas. They're, they're pretty cool. And then they find a little one. The the two uh, female scientists who go out looking for the solifuge, they do find a tarantula. They um they do the typical monster quest thing as well, where they put out uh, some camera traps and um they put it like a pig's foot to help the solifuge will bite it. And like some yeah. cat cats come out and grab it. It's just like domesticated cats. Pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't find much. They didn't find much. The those uh, the scientists, and then um, and then Rick. Rick had some. I, in my notes, I just said tech porn on caps. Um, he had a probe camera, he had this fancy camera that went down into the the tarantula holes. Oh yeah, they did do that, huh? Yeah, I don't know if that helped anything, but they did do it. They they found they kind of I kind of was a little upset because they destroyed all these poor spiders' homes like they, yeah, like they three tore different up ones there. right for like no no reason and I was the like, tarantula was, did shoot his hairs out and hurt what's his, hurt hurt the one creationist dude so <laughs> he was like ah oh, the hairs yeah and then they and then uh, Rick eats grilled spider at one point oh yeah he didn't like doing that the the guy was really nice the one uh, guy was like a leader in the group. Like send him out. It's like, oh yeah, my dad and I we used to go hunting out here all the time, and we'd eat tarantulas as a snack while we were looking for bigger game. And he's like, here, man, take one. And he's like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> he did not want to do that. No. I, I'm interested to see. I've heard from from people that tarantula, like fried tarantula, tastes like crab. So I'm interested. Maybe I well, should I, have a tarantula. I just ate a bunch of crabs, and they were delicious. I love crab. Crab's so good. I'll cook you some when you come up here, buddy. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's very nice of you. The snacks. So I'm looking at species. Uh, fried tarantula costs about uh, eight cents in uh, in in uh, Cambodia. So That's not uh, bad. So yeah, this <laughs> little thing with uh, the creationist guy we mentioned because um, like why why try would creationists be interested in these cryptids like a giant ooh, spider? Ooh. Well, what's, the, what's the link there? Like why this episode's largely happening not just because these colonial stories of people seeing big spiders, but because this guy wants to find big spiders. Yeah, Given so William Givens is the creationist guy, and his I took his quote here. He says, "Back in the old days of colonial Africa, explorers, big game hump, hunters." From time to time, they would encounter strange animals, including giant spiders, and they often don't report their observations for fear of being ridiculed. Um, that is an interesting quote, because if you know about Gibbons, you know what he's talking about when he means mm-hmm. strange creatures. He means dinosaurs. He, he believes yep. in those dinosaurs. Um, and, uh, and, and then also the whole like kind of conspiracy thing like that, that, oh, the explorers and big game hunters they saw these things and they didn't report them because big science was going to make fun of them. Um, and yeah. And so it goes into the young earth creationist thing that uh, prehistoric animals are still like that. The earth is 5,000, whatever, however, thousand years old and 6,000 in, in dinosaurs and other prehistoric animals are still alive uh, in just in the remote regions of the world. Um, and, and that proves their religion is real. Like if they found a dinosaur that would prove evolution wrong and, and uh, Christianity, young earth creationism would be right. Um, so presumably Gibbons believes that there were 
uh, five foot long spiders on the Ark, which is a terrifying thing that I wish the Ark encounter would depict, but I think it's too <laughs> crazy for, even for them, you know? <laughs> Noah's like, are you sure about this one, God? Can we let these ones go with the unicorns? <laughs> <laughs> with the un- oh yeah with the unicorns and the dragons i guess the yeah. dinosaurs are dragons to them um yeah the ark encounter needs to get on that shit to have like a giant spider on the wall that'd be badass i i want see that's the thing that's the funny thing is that even among creationists some of them believe other creationists are crazy you know like <laughs> that they're like that that kin ham isn't as crazy as William Gibbons and William Gibbons isn't as crazy as Kent Hovind and, and that kind of thing. Like there's mm-hmm. even a degree of craziness among creationists. Yeah. <laughs> Cause yeah, there's like some creationists that like the, um, what was the thing when the dinosaur eggs were, when dinosaur eggs were discovered, they said that like they were laid in like a line because the dinosaur was running from the waters of the flood. So it was like lightning the load. And that's so the, awesome. The eggs are being laid in a so direct great. What line. a beautiful theory. Isn't it? He <laughs> talks that there's, he's in a documentary. He's in like a, a nineties like show saying that. Um, and without wow. any irony or anything. Um, so crazy. I, uh, it's so, crazy. So I, I guess from the evidence of the show, they didn't really find the thing. No. And uh, you and I think that probably the the actual physical limitations of, of spider body types mean that they're not spiders as large. And there haven't been since the oxygen levels were this way. So, like, s- since this current ice age that we're in began, um, spiders have not been able to live this to that size. Right. I think even since, like, the Mesozoic or something yeah, like, like that. Yeah. Of years ago, but I have to see what the oxygen levels were like in like the Eocene and stuff like that. But I think yeah, it's been a while because there. What do you think about? Ants. What do you think about this video though, Trey? Does that change your mind? Oh yeah, you see, you have a video here. Yeah. I'm going to click so, on so, this. Start at like 38. <laughs> like, if you look over in the right between those two trees, uh, is that compelling evidence to you? I like the mute. This is some spooky music in here. Make sure you start at like 38 because it goes on forever. Okay. Okay. Did you see it? I literally do not see anything. Wait, I'm, I think it's almost at it. I see where the most replayed part of the video yeah, is yeah. and I haven't reached there yet. That's Let's it. see. It's on the right side between those trees. Holy shit. Holy That's shit. It. It's a blurry blob. Yeah. Yeah. It so- freezes completely. It, it, it freezes completely, almost like it's like a. Like an something being animated, and the animator didn't didn't want to animate it the whole time, or it's That's just the anything at all. Yeah, so this, this is, is the, the enhanced most, version. Yeah, this is the enhanced and most cited um, video by proponents of this creature. It has about a hundred thousand plus views, and if you go onto the cryptid parts of the internet, you'll see this video posted often. And it is about a minute long video. <clears throat> you can't tell where this is in the world. There's a pool of water, and then there's two trees, and it looks like like the little hill it's on goes down. There's a black part and you see something possibly white grayish of unknown size and unknown body type move very slightly into the right. And this thing that you can't really make out as having form is said to be this giant spider. Um, so I don't know why people say that or why people show yeah. this evidence. But we should bring it up because that's the best evidence that we have, <laughs> apparently. So, yeah, there's also look it up that, for yourself. 
There's also that picture of a of a spider on a house. It's like a giant, oh, huge, yeah. huge spider. You, you, yeah, know, you know what I'm talking about. This is a, a Jabu Fufi is is the name of the scripted. So. Jabu Fufi. Fufi. Yeah. Um, the thing with these giant spiders, and again with like a lot, because some cryptids are just giant versions of known stuff. Um, like the biggest spider is 12 inches across, maybe not even that, 10 and a half, something like that. Like it's arm span. Mm-hmm. Um, and these people are claiming that these are like five feet across, four feet across. Um, and like, that's an increase of like, of like 10 times or whatever, like five times. Yeah. It's a lot bigger, right? (laughs) It's a lot bigger. And it's like, it's like going, okay, we have humans that are like seven feet. Like there's some humans that are seven, eight feet tall or whatever. Crazy rare examples, but you're not going to get like a human that's like 30 feet tall. Right. Like. Forty yeah. feet tall. <laughs> I, I guess you unless you're creationist, but you know, oh yeah, they believe in giants too. So. You know, like unless you're a crazy person, there really is no reason to believe that like you're going to find a human that's just that that wildly outside the norm. You know, like outside so so much of a outlier in the standard. I don't know. It's a, it's it's weird. Like I, it's reasonable to suggest that there are spiders that might be, I don't know, like double double the size of the largest one at best. But like to say that like something's like five times bigger than the largest known is a little, it's a little, I don't know. It's a big claim. Yeah. At, at double, I'd say, man, I don't think so, but I mean, you know, maybe, you know, but you know, three times, four times, five times. It's like, what are we talking about here, man? Like it's just ridiculous. So, right. Yeah. I think it's a no on giant spiders and I don't think monster quest, uh, I think Monster was actually admitted in the episode they don't exist. Um, yeah. when they even they brought up the oxygen problem at all, and uh, I don't think a creationist is probably going to be the guy who finds one. He and uh, you know, that's it. Uh, yeah, I I just think it's funny that there are some creationists that believe that there are giant spiders. That, that never dawned on me until now. They're yeah, well, giant. if you find something in the fossil record that everyone says is extinct. And you can show that it's still there. Maybe that means that the world is younger than they think. That's yeah. that's their belief. I don't I don't really think that that's what we would believe about that. But for some reason, they think that's a gotcha. So I, I don't know. I I need to make a list of like creationist claims that all together, you know, like that that Noah held a giant spider on the ark. Um, that oh, maybe that's why. Oh my gosh! It, it dawned on me that the the Ark Encounter doesn't depict the insects; it just has them in these tiny boxes, you know, mm. them in these terrariums. Maybe they don't want to show the giant spider; they're they're embarrassed. Or maybe it's just like it's too scary, man. <laughs> it's too scary. <laughs> I I think it, it's funny that on a certain level, some creationists are embarrassed of their own beliefs, you know. There's there's some evidence to show that some creationists kind of know that their beliefs are crazy and kind of hide it. Well, yeah. you know, you gotta if you're if you're gonna go with the infallible book, then you gotta go with it. So they're just like, <laughs> ah, fuck, already committed. <laughs> it's too late. I, I put all my eggs in one basket. You know, uh, yeah. So the, the giant spiders. We don't really believe giant spiders. We uh, don't believe Alexander the Great's tomb has been discovered. Uh, and that elf. Do we believe in that elf? I kind of believe in the elf. Yeah, the elf's for sure real. I mean, the, <laughs> the president said it's real, so you can trust him. 
Yeah. And yeah. what we do believe is that the show has uh, several thousand listeners, but we only have 25 reviews on iTunes. So people yeah. should go and leave us a positive review. Leave us some uh, new people. Yeah. And if you really like the show, you can back us on Patreon where you can get some exclusive content we made. We did like an hour and a half long video where we watched uh, what's a Road Del Dorado. Yeah. And we, we've done a few other extra episodes. There, there's a couple extra hours of content there. Plus, you can just support us because, you know, we put like five hours into the show every time we make one. So, Do, do you still want to do the Prince of Egypt thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. All right. It's Sweet. just, you know, got to do it. Um, I have Comic-Con this weekend. So if you're in the Northwest, mm-hmm. uh, the biggest Comic-Con of the Northwest is happening this weekend. And I will be there. Uh, if any fans want to come say hi, I will be debuting my new series, Puck the Artist officially at this comic-con and of course we'll have after the gold rush and clovis at my booth as well so. awesome that's great i i hear that you had good news about puck the Art- artist right yeah 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 so that's awesome yeah. Yeah. well me, i'm gonna go eat. oh yeah say what you're sorry say what you're oh me i'm working on a video it'll be out this month there is some oh, yeah. there's some stuff that happened so you know yeah stuff happened but now now i'm gonna make videos it'll be fun Awesome. All right. I love you, buddy. Uh, good luck to Kiwi. Uh, good to talk to you again. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm going to go eat food because I'm starving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See you, man. See you. Okay. Bye, everybody.